There's just in time. Just in time just... for Tim to knock his new microphone over. <laughs> you have to get recording. used to having this right in front of me here. Yeah, I have to get you like an arm or something so you're not hitting it. Also, because you're even right. clicking on that table. Is it on your table? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's on yeah. my desk. So the more tippy tappy, clicky clicky you do, the more that's going to pick up because it goes right through <laughs> the bottom of the microphone into well, again, the microphone. It's set up so it's like only supposed to be picking up from like straight on. So hopefully it won't pick up as much stuff that's going on to the side of it. Yeah, I see vibrations on the actual object work in a different way really? when the so microphone's like, right so you there. So you can hear this? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be awesome coming <laughs> through my cans later. Thank you for that. You're welcome, editing, Mark. Yeah, editing Mark's super happy right now. All right, uh, I guess, is that enough preamble? Did I have you talking long enough that we can actually get the episode started and now? banging on my desk? Yes, I think so. Fantastic. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is episode 231. I'm Mark. I'm here with Tim. Tim has a new microphone. Tim does. Yes, Tim has a fancy new Yeti blue microphone that uh, his parents got him for Christmas so that he will no longer have to use a headset with the cable like falling apart. We'll have to see how well Tim's audio turns out this week. As we're recording it, I can only I hear him and it's fine. But we'll see what the file turns out like later because that's always the that's always the big push. So. Oh, I just realized I'm recording my backup on the headset microphone. Let's start that recording that on the Yeti. There we go. That makes sense. Those levels look a lot nicer now. That's better. Excellent. I guess as is uh, holiday tradition, although we haven't had one for a little while, it, it, it is Star Wars time of year. So we'll be talking about Star Wars this week. We seem to do a holiday episode that centers around Star Wars almost every year. Because they always put the movies yeah, out around this yeah. time of year, so something like that. Yeah, but also, uh, so I'll, I'll get into like the one piece of news that I did. But I just wanted to remind everybody. Um, basically, by the time you hear this, it'll be New Year. It'll be twenty twenty one. You survived twenty twenty. We all survived twenty twenty. Yes, congratulations for making it through this fucking dumpster fire. So let's all survive 2021, and then we can all see each other again in 2022. And we can fucking finally record episodes in person. Just another year, guys. It's fine. Just one more year of this nonsense. Anyway, the only story that I saw, and I just wanted to bring it up because I just want to put a big no on it, but I know it's going to happen anyway. Blumhouse is doing another (laughs) Exorcist movie, and it's a reboot of the original. And I pray to God this doesn't actually happen, but... It sounds like it is. Yeah. So Jay from Red Letter Media posted the perfect tweet afterwards. This is I'm just going to read what he wrote. Linda Blair will reprise her role as Reagan, mother of Judy Greer and grandmother of a young girl who is now being possessed by a demon. In between okay but generic scare scenes will be moments of awkward but out of place improv comedy. There's your <laughs> script. Give me my paycheck. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Some of the Blumhouse uh, Halloween movies have been pretty good, and those have been—I mean, those have been like a continuation, not a reboot. But I don't know, Blumhouse—I'm—I'm I'm hit or miss on some of their stuff's really good. Some of it is well, but that's what they—that's what they do specifically—is just like they kind of gobble up all the horror stuff and put it out. Yeah, and, and like, wouldn't you gobble up every horror movie that is coming or that is like being produced? You're going to get complete dog shit, and you're going to get Hereditary. So like, it, it cuts both ways, kind of thing. So. I don't know. It's weird. So I, I, yeah, fine. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's, I mean, you knew it was going to happen eventually. They remade the fucking Omen, for God's sake. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been 37 years since the original. So, I mean. No, Tim. Is... Tim, 37 years? 47 years, sorry. Yeah, this fucking movie's way older yes. than we are. Come on. 73, not 83. My math yes. is off. 
Yeah. <laughs> My brain is in holiday mode. Yeah, well, I think everybody's brain is in holiday mode. That's why we're doing this episode as opposed to anything else where we have to think. Yeah. This is a much easier episode to do where we just talk about The Mandalorian. The only other two notes I had for news this week, Wonder Woman 84 is out and you can go watch it in theaters and on HBO Max. It seems like people generally like it and that's fine. <laughs> I have not seen it yet, but it's I've seen reviews that have been, yeah, it's great. It's fun. It's, you know, full of heart. And I've seen other ones that are like, yeah, not so good. So, yeah, I fell on one side of or the other of that particular <laughs> thing. And I'll let you guess because I'm going to recommend one of the, these two things is my geek cred. And I'll let you guess which one I like better based on that. Also, uh, Canadian favorites, Letterkenny dumped season nine on us on Christmas Day, which really worked quite nicely for me. So there you go. You can go watch Letterkenny and Wonder Woman now. I didn't have any other news. Did you have news? <laughs> just like a bunch of like renewals and cancellations. Uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor, Haunting of Hill House dude, Mike Flanagan, yeah. uh, basically says he has no plans to continue the series, which I'm sure is not at all due to the fact that Haunting of Bly Manor was not nearly as well received as Haunting of Hill House was. Yeah, he keeps busy though. Otherwise, doesn't he do other yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, he's been doing movies and stuff as well. I think you know, I'm sure, uh, and he did the It movies as well. So, I'm sure he has no shortage of people asking him to make shit right now. Sure. Yeah. What else? The His Dark Materials series got renewed for a third season, which will be its final, which will allow them to get through the final book in the trilogy. I have not watched any of this. I think Paul had, but I don't think either of us have. No. That's why I skipped that story when I was reading through the news yeah. today. So, uh, what else? Lock and Key, which I don't think either of us has watched, but is a Marvel series. Got renewed for it's not a Marvel series. It's a comic. It's not a. It's not a Marvel series. It's, oh, it's a comic, comic book series. Yeah. Sorry, not a Marvel yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. Got yeah. Got renewed for a third season. One thing, um, which is sort of related to our meat of the episode, uh, last week we were speculating as to whether the the book of Boba Fett was going to be its own series or whether it was going to be season three of The Mandalorian. And now Disney is concerned it is its own series, yeah, separate from The Mandalorian. So you know we will have two different series based on characters wearing Mandalorian armor in like late twenty twenty one, which is interesting. Well, I mean, it'd be like. I mean, it's not this exactly the same, but you have multiple shows with Starfleet people running around yeah. in the same co- in the same uniform. This is a very specific outfit, and it's also an interesting choice because the one thing they I've been watching the um, after whatever they call it, what do they call it, the gallery uh, or whatever, Disney, yeah, gallery, Disney gallery, Mandalorian, uh, the Mandalorian episodes of, about that, and the first thing they're talking about when, about acting was like it's really kind of tough acting across from a blank slate constantly. I'm like, well, now you have two shows, but that's going to be a concern. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that because I had a little thing where I was like, where Pedro Pascal actually got to take the mask off and then was suddenly like, he's acting across from a tennis ball anyway, because like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got to make eye contact with a CGI character. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But so, I mean, I, I, I'm down for that either way. It'll be interesting to see whether the book of Boba Fett ends up being a prequel to what we, where we see Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, like him escaping the Sarlacc pit and, you know, bumming around on Tatooine for 30 years or whatever. Or, I would hope like the first episode is at least like, sh- like you got to show us him getting out of there. They're going to yeah. do some de-aging on him. I hope, but like, yeah, I, I hope they'll know. at least do some, some flashback, even if it's not like the entire series um, or whether it will be like mostly like 
Boba Fett, you know, taking over for Jabba and being like crime lord Boba Fett or whatever. See, I'm also interested in that aspect of the series, probably more so than the other stuff. But like, I do want to see the flashbacks of him like crawling out of the Sarlacc pit or like whatever that entailed. Yeah, how he gets all those scars and shit on his face. And yeah. Because like he went out like shit in Jedi, and it would be nice to see him kind of like, let's redeem him even. Like, I mean, they've redeemed him a fair bit, and we'll talk about that when we get to the actual show. But yeah, it would be nice to see him actually be like the badass Boba Fett we got for two episodes here. Like, let's do a show with that, because th- that's what they're doing. They're making just 400 shows, so why not make one where you can make your badass bounty hunter that everybody kind of loved through the 80s and 90s? Like, we all grew up being like, who is that guy, and why is he so cool? Like, yeah. we all did. So it's kind of nice that we get to finally see that come to fruition a little bit. So, yeah, uh, the last thing I had was Sean Astin has come out publicly and said that he is perfectly OK with people shipping Frodo and Sam. He is totally down with it. No, like reservations or whatever about it. I mean, I don't think he really gets the word to do that, but, you know, it's like it's his character. So I guess it's OK. I mean. OK, cool. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty much it. I think it was, I yeah, mean, it's, I mean, it's Christmas, Christmas week, Fuck. Yeah, pretty, slow. So like, pretty slow week. Uh, yeah, so that's it. We can get on to Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. So, this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. We'll start with Tim. My Geek of the Week was probably, I mean, has been kind of taking place over the past like month and a half, but finally came to fruition on Christmas Day. It was my Christmas gift to Alicia. For longtime listeners of the podcast, we'll know that uh, she is one of her two like main fandoms are the Legend of Zelda games, uh, Nintendo games. Um, but there were a number of them that she has either never played or has played, but has only played like uh, digital versions of them or like emulated you know, like a, or, or like an emulated or like, you know, a, a, a remake or something like that. Right. Like not right. Okay. hasn't necessarily played like the original version of the game on the original console it came out on. Okay. So my big Christmas gift to Alicia was I got her all of the main Zelda games, like kind of the ones that are all part of the main story timeline or whatever that she didn't already have. So that included uh, Adventure of Link for NES, Link to the Past for Super Nintendo, Link's Awakening for Game Boy, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons for Game Boy Color, Minish Cat for Game Boy Advance, Triforce Heroes for 3DS, and then Age of Calamity that just came out this year. And then also a Super Nintendo and a Game Boy Advance so that she's has a console that she can play all of them on. Nice. Yeah. So should we shout out Mark? Uh, yes. right now yeah so mark mark <laughs> yeah so christy's mark from one up games uh helped me with a couple of those you know it was all kind of subject to what he was actually able to get in stock at the store but he did yeah. uh help me with a couple of them and i think it was oracle of seasons and adventure of link the worst zelda game by all accounts uh i was gonna actually ask how much did that nes cartridge cost you the NES one, 50 bucks or something like that. It's not bad. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Alicia opened the uh, Adventure of Link first because like I had her like open them in chronological order and she opened it and said, oh, you got me the worst Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't have started with this one. <laughs> yeah. Zelda 2 is notoriously like difficult and kind of a weird um, outlier in the series, but it's, you know, historically you should play it if you're 
yeah, like exactly. you guys. And it's still a pretty gold NES cartridge. So um, it is. I, I, it is one of my personal favorite NES cartridges, actually, because of that. Yeah, the the gold cartridge is cool as shit. So yeah. and in in a sort of fortuitous turn of events, Alicia got me for Christmas, or I guess us for Christmas, kind of thing. A all of the hookups and like sampling devices and stuff like that that you need to hook like vintage consoles to like a new uh, current home theater system. Oh, cool. So you got like a... I can't remember like the a, one that she she got us and what the name of it is, but yeah, it's one of the little boxes that'll like yep. do the upsampling or whatever. Yep. Oh, she just messaged me because she can hear me through the wall. Retro Tank is the one that she got me. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, those are well-regarded little uh, boxes yeah. from what yeah. I've seen. So. And also like a, a, couple, a couple like switch boxes and like adapters so that we can have all of them hooked up at the same time without having to, you know, be like, Oh, we want to play this one. We've got to like unplug the other one, plug this one in and shit. And so, yeah, yeah that'll that, happen. That's, that's why I just emulate. Cause fuck that yeah. noise. Yeah. But I mean, we've got, you know, we want to just have like a big old entertainment system set up and just have all of those Nintendo consoles kind of set up simultaneously so that we can switch back and forth with them, have like, you know, retro gaming parties, that kind of thing. Cool. Cool. That's exciting. All right. So uh, mine's video game related. Also, I finally got Ghost of Tsushima. It is as good as everybody, like the reviews were saying, it's quite well made and I'm having a good time with it. It's very expansive. So it's taking me some time to like get through, but I like samurai shit. And I played a little bit with the uh, Kurosawa mode, just a little bit. Not like I don't want to play all of it. Ask if you were going to play it on that mode or the. Well, like it's so well art directed that it feels like kind of a shame to cut the color out of it like the color like it's just really it's a really pretty game so uh yeah if you're a ps4 owner and you haven't played i feel like it's kind of the playstation 4's last big hurrah i know a lot of people kind of were focused on last of us 2 this year which was also good i played that too but it didn't quite capture me i'll get to it eventually but ghost of tsushima is is really cool and has lots of i mean it's thematically relevant given what star wars is basically also so oh, yeah, um, sure. especially this this season of mandalorian yeah especially and the season of mandalorian influenced yeah so it, it's scratching the same itch basically in video game form as mandalorian was for me this year so yeah i highly recommend uh, if you are on a playstation 4 or apparently on playstation 5 it runs native 4k 60 like out of the box so if you're on a PS5, it'll make it worth me replaying it basically <laughs> when I get my PS5 in the spring, probably. So yeah, it's been it's really good though. So go play Ghost of Tsushima if you can. It's on sale right now on the store for like fifty bucks, so worth picking up for sure. Nice. But uh, that brings us on to it's meat of the episode time. Meat of the episode. Meat in a galaxy long, long ago. Oh no, I fucked that up. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Mm. No, I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving <laughs> it all in. <laughs> the power of the edit. I can let Ooh. Tim fumble his own fancy franchise. All yeah. uh, right. So yeah, we uh, we've obviously seen all of Mandalorian season two now. We've been talking about it the whole fucking season. That's all we. I was, I'm like, why are we even doing an episode about this? We just be like, <laughs> you heard us. Well, we thought about every episode this season, so just go back and listen to the old episodes around Geek of the Week's probably where we talked about it the most, like News Geek of the Week, and then, uh, yeah, call it a day. We're done. So that was a dope 16-minute episode <laughs> we just did. No, we'll, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of Mandalorian Season 2, um, but like I guess top level, we should just talk about that. And I'll just start by saying like I, I like Star Wars again, guys. <laughs> so there you go. Tim? 
Uh, yeah, I thought it was another great season. It did a lot of continued a lot of what the first season got right. Like it was more yep. of that seedy underbelly of the Star Wars universe and like cool new takes on races that we've seen, but haven't really seen, you know, much of them that have kind of just had like background roles in the past and new places that we've seen or the places we have seen before and then new places and, you know, building on the star Wars lore and deepening that lore. And then a bunch more fucking like cute baby Yoda. So, yep. I was yeah. happy, real happy with it. All right. So I'm, I think we should do this the way we did VHS and we'll just hit each episode real quick and okay. just kind of talk about the um, each one. Cause I have like one little note for each one just so that I can keep track of which one is which in my head. Um, but episode one, of this season, which I guess is they call it episode nine, uh, was chapter. They go chapter back nine, right? Yeah. Chapter, yes. Yeah. So chapter nine, but episode one of season two. I don't have the name. I probably should have opened up the thing with the <laughs> actual titles so that I can use those. Yeah, season two, episode one was the marshal. Yes, the marshal. My only note for this is that I love Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> and giant dragons are cool. So. Yeah, this this episode kind of got the season off to a, quite the rip roaring start. Yeah, I mean it was cool. Don't you know? I I like Timothy Olyphant fine. I'm not like a massive fan of his or whatever. But uh, yeah, because you haven't watched Deadwood, you should watch Deadwood. Uh, and what else is there? Oh, Timothy Olyphant for me was Deadwood and then Justified. If you watch those two shows, mm. and I vouch for both of them, I would still recommend you watch both those shows. Deadwood in particular, he's fantastic in Deadwood. I mean, everybody's fantastic in Deadwood, but yeah. yeah. Timothy Oliphant is a favorite of mine. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. This That, that episode kicked the season off really well. Um, it was, you know, action-packed and, you know, it was very, I mean, it was just fucking space western to a T, right? You oh, know, yeah, it was absolutely. like he, the Mandalorian rolls into a town that has a problem and that he needs something that the Marshal has. And, you know, he, need, he wants to get, he finds Boba Fett. Well, he's looking for Mandalorians and he just finds a dude wearing Boba Fett's armor. And, yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, well, I guess we do find out how he got the armor, but we don't find out how the Jawas got got his armor. But I assume they scavenged it from, I don't know, the fucking Sarlacc or something like that. Yeah, I'm assuming at some point they'll they'll show us a flashback of him dumping the armor or the armor getting regurgitated or something and the, the shitty sand people grabbing or the Jawas grabbing it. Because a lot yeah. of sand people action in this movie, in this episode, too, where we get the yeah, lake. Yeah, and cool, like more uh, sign language with them and shit, too. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. they're hard of hearing. Well, they don't have like a f- full language. That's how they communicate. Yeah. And it was also a cool throwback to uh, that. That's the noise that uh, Obi-Wan makes to scare the sand yeah. people away in episode four is a crate dragon like cry. So that was kind of a cool throwback to there. There's all kind of little like throwbacks to uh, original trilogy and other like older star Wars properties that through the whole season, uh, OT and, uh, prequel trilogy stuff coming and, up and clone wars. And yeah, yeah clone clone wars. Wars. I mean, obviously clone wars obviously was going to be big this year yeah. when they were like bringing like Ahsoka Tan and stuff back. So yeah. yeah. So episode one was great. Well, we can move on to episode two where my, my note is spiders are gross and I like X-Wings. <laughs> uh, those spiders are actually a, uh, also like a sort of little Easter egg because they were, yeah, there was a note about these in there. Like, there's some kind of they're from some other expanded there's, uh, universe stuff. Well, they're they're from some Ralph McQuarrie uh, concept art from right, that's from, em, from Empire Strikes Back. They were going to show up on Hoth, and oh, okay. then they were just like, "Oh, we, this doesn't make sense. We don't need this in here." And so they just went back to that, and we're like, "Okay, well, 
we've got this cool fucking design that's you know basically like fucking paid face, for face huggers. yeah it's already already paid for and uh it, it yeah it worked out well and the whole like frog lady thing and baby yoda eat, eating the eggs and What's scary is that, like, I have I have books and books of Star Wars art, like like production art and stuff like that. This is probably my favorite aspect of the franchise, like now, especially now, where I'm like, fuck this fucking franchise, I can't stand half this shit. But the production design on these movies is always the best. And like, there's a book. Of, I'm trying to think. I think I've seen this painting before. In like, it was in a book of like mm. Empire Strikes Back art yeah. that was probably released around the re-releases that I have. So yeah. There's like there must be mountains of Ralph McQuarrie art in Lucasfilm that they're just like, ah, we're going to use all of this by the time all these Disney Plus shows are fucking done. Yeah. So yeah. like they don't even have to go back because Ralph McQuarrie passed away, right? Like he's dead, been dead for a while, right? I'm not sure, actually. Actually, I'm not sure either. But either way, like, you know, they're not calling him to be like, hey, let's do do new concepts. They're all just going back and plumbing all the old stuff that they yes. didn't use in the original movies. So. He passed away in 2012. Okay. Yeah. But it's it's just it's cool that they're getting to like pull all these old things that he did because like his as much as anything uh, his visual design like the language that he used in his visual design for the Star Wars movies when he was designing all this stuff yeah. is kind of part and parcel of what the franchise is you know what yeah, I mean like it's you know, the he rapper had, he had the same I would say level of impact on this that like H R Giger had on like, the Alien, Alien movie, yeah absolutely kind of thing, right like, absolutely yeah. Even new stuff has like the touch of Ralph McQuarrie in it because you're always homaging back to those designs from the original trilogy, right? Because yeah. that's what everybody wants to to go back to. Is one of the alien characters in Rebels was based off a character design or early design for Chewbacca and shit like that. So like they're always going back to his art and being like, "Hey, this is great stuff," but we you know couldn't find a way to work it in. So like here we've got this new series. Let's see what we can pull from here. Yeah, um, we should also note chapter nine or episode one was directed by John Favreau, and then this episode directed was Peyton Reed. Reed. Yes, well, directed series. Enrin. Oh, well, not not the whole series. Almost. No, like, it, he wrote six of the eight episodes. Fast yeah, did. yeah, and then yeah. Filoni and Rick uh, family. Well, actually, Rick. Oh man, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Family. 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 Yeah, yeah. He wrote and di- he wrote and directed his episode, which was episode seven. Yeah. So. Yeah, but then Filoni wrote. Well, because Filoni wrote and directed his the episode Ahsoka Tano episode. Yeah, yeah. Everything else Favreau wrote. Yeah. So Favs just seems to understand how to write Star Wars scripts. Apparently, yeah. It's basically, like I'm going to lift from a Kurosawa movie, and here we go, Star Wars. <laughs> and Excellent. yeah, lift from Kurosawa and spaghetti westerns, and, and go. well, which which actually basically the spaghetti westerns yeah. just lifted from Kurosawa already. So let's just cut the middle band out and just go right to the source at that point. <laughs> There's a really cool little story, I guess, because Bryce Dallas Howard directed the next episode, The Hearus, that she was telling a story about like growing up and being in a room with her dad, who is obviously Ron Howard. Ron Howard. So like he's he's directed some shit that people may have heard really? of. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Ron Howard. A little bit. Well, actually he's directed a Star Wars movie, he directed I mean, solo. Ended up directing solo, yeah. Took it over. Yeah. Or took it over, yeah. But I guess there was a story about her being with him on some business trip. And her ending up in a room where Ron Howard sat down with Kurosawa and George Lucas. And like, oh, wow. she just got to hang out there and like, listen to the three of them talk about like world building and shit. I'm just like, Jesus, that's amazing. That's insane. Like, it's just so insane to have those, like just to have George Lucas and Kurosawa in the same room. First of all, just have Kurosawa tell George Lucas, like, where's my fucking check? <laughs> like all your yeah, shit. You owe me shit. a bunch. Yeah. You owe me a lot of fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> 
So. Yeah, that's what he would, that's what Kurosawa was there for was to like <laughs> serve papers. <laughs> be like, hey, motherfucker, like there's a copyright on those movies, you know? Like, and they were like, oh, here, let's just have a drink and talk this over. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll give you this many billion dollars out of my toy empire so you don't sue me. Yeah. Fucking, I'll give, you, I'll give you one and a half points on the merchandising. And he's like, yep, I'm done. I'm good yep, with that. I'm in. I'm in. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Well, that's, I that's mean, where like, fucking Lucas made all his money was he made a really good deal in terms of getting points on the merchandising. Well, he he owned all the merchandising, didn't he? Like he when they did, they didn't think they'd be able to sell toys on it, so they were like he they let him oh, keep it all. Yeah, I think that's right. And then that's why he made all the money where he could sell because he didn't want to. He had to finance a new hope through Fox, I guess. I and then they let him keep let him keep the toys and shit right like keep the merchandise sales and yeah. because of that he was able to self-finance empire and then going forward because the toys sold like fucking yeah. gangbusters or whatever it'd just be you know like crazy to have a, a famous father like ron howard dragging you into meetings and you're like a kid not really like aware of like the gravity of the situation when you walk into a room that like yeah like Kurosawa's sitting in with George Lucas and they're just having a drink and Kurosawa's like you're strangling in corner, you're in the that corner, fucking like, Muppet like to get corner, his money. Like, playing your fucking Game Boy or whatever, not even paying yeah. attention. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because she's our age, right? Like she's, a, I think she's 81, 82. So yeah, like, yeah. Around, yeah, pretty close. But yeah, but yeah, it's just craziness. Either way, uh, so she directed The Heroes, which was the, which one was that? Oh, that's the one where they introduced Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Katie Sackhoff and Sasha Banks are awesome, was my note for this episode, because yeah. I like Sasha. <laughs> Sasha yeah. Banks gives Boba Fett a Tornado DDT. No, that's that's this. not... Oh, till... that's, not the, that's the next episode. Okay, sorry. No, I'm, that's, I'm getting that's, this early. that's when Bo-Katan comes back towards the end when they're going yeah, after... That's right. Uh, episode, during the rescue. I think it's episode six. No, that's that's seven. the end, because Boba and Din go to go back, or maybe it's the seventh. No, it is uh, seven is Bill Burr, is it not? Yeah, seven is Bill, Bill Burr, Burr, and then eight is them going back to Bo Katan, and I don't remember what yes. uh, Sasha Banks's character's name is. It's not in like the main list of guest stars. Oh, it's because it's under her real name, uh, Mercedes Varnado, uh, as oh right, yes, Tosca Reeves. Yes, that's right. I always forget her real name. Her real name is not Sasha. Like that's her yeah. WWE name, obviously. Yeah. She's currently women's champion on SmackDown. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, the, but this is the episode where we get introduced to them. That's right. Okay. Sorry. I got excited for tornado DDT mentioned, yeah. which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So this is the episode where Din goes to planet. Is that, um, Trask? Yes. And the fucking razor crest is just in goddamn shambles at this point. Razor crest got done so fucking dirty this season. It got done dirty both seasons, but it got really fucking dirty this <laughs> yeah. year. So I oh, felt man. bad. I when it when it when it the goes, spiders. I was like, oh man, I feel bad for that ship. I like that little ship. It's a cool yeah. little design. So yeah, yeah. So they they go there, and he's like looking for Mandalorians, and then the Mandalorians find him. Yeah, but it's like you know, sort of real Mandalorians. Where I like that that episode because like that's where we learn that like Din and his, and the Covert are basically like Orthodox Mandalorians. Yeah, yeah. As you say, like they're the hardcore Mandalorians. Yeah, yeah. Sure. They're like the schism. Like you know, we we want to maintain the old ways, and that's why. And one of the things that everybody had questions about was why Din never takes his helmet off. Where we've seen other Mandalorians like. Bo-Katan Django. and Django. Well, and Django, yeah, the take off their helmets. And so this explains that, I think, pretty handily. 
You know, yes, yeah. says that their sect was like you know religious extremists, basically of Mandalore that wanted to like conserve the old ways of doing things. Yeah, but yeah. So and I mean, then they like hijack a imperial like transport or I guess like cargo ship or whatever that goes well. Yeah, it does, they, doesn't it? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what actually happens in that episode because like, <laughs> that, that was when we there was a lot of imperial bumbling in that episode. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of imperial bumbling in the whole season, which is practic. I mean, it's it's canonical now, right? That the fucking empire, yeah. you know, was just fucking populated by idiots. What I like is like they kind of populate the empire with the guys who would who would want to secede from the United States. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like they feel like they're the same kind of people, and you're just like, yeah, it makes sense that this fell apart once their leadership fell apart. Real, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah, that tracks for me. Yeah, and then and, and like they lock them in the yeah the imperial officer and like stormtroopers are in like the cargo bay and they lock the Mandalorians in the room that has the controls to the cargo bay. So they so blow them all dumb. out the fucking air. Just so fucking dumb. I couldn't believe how dumb that was. was and like, the wow. look in the look on like the what captain or whatever's face where he realizes what they've done. He's just like, yeah, you fucking idiots. Yeah. And that dude is a, was a, like a, is a character actor who's shown up in so many things too. Like I was like, yeah, he's yeah. like the perfect Imperial face. Cause he's been like the bad guy or the heavy in like every TV show that has shot a pilot in Vancouver in the last like 20 years. He, he played like, he played like the evil deity and lost as well. When lost went all like religious and oh, shit. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I remember that too. Yeah. He's been in everything that guy. So yeah. yeah. I, what, what was that dude's name? Uh, oh, I don't remember. Man, there was, there was so many. Yeah. Uh, lots of good bit bits. Titus Welliver. Is, is that, that his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's been in all kinds of stuff. He was in Deadwood too. Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yes, oh, he, he was in Deadwood. He's the lead in Bosch. That's uh, kind of the yes. only thing he's really had like a big role in, like a yeah. lead role in. I, people have told me to watch that show. I keep like putting it off. And I, I'm, maybe one day I'll get to it. Yeah. I mean, we've there's there have been all kinds of this. This whole season had was just peppered with like great fucking like guest stars and shit like that. Like we skipped completely over uh, John Leguizamo in the first episode. Where was John Leguizamo in the first episode? He was the Cyclops alien, Gore Koresh. Was he really? Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't even know that was him. That's cool. And they brought back Richard uh, Ayoade as the voice of the droid that the frog lady like hot wires. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> that episode was fun. I like that episode. Yeah, the X wings at the end. And actually, dope. they had D. Bradley Baker who did all kinds of voice work on the animated series. Uh, he did the like vocalizations for the frog lady and her husband. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So he he's the guy that voiced like basically all of the clone troopers in uh, Clone Wars uh, animated series. Oh, I like the animated series. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. So that's we're at episode three. So episode four, uh, he goes back because he needs repairs on his ship to get with man. I can't remember her character name. Kara something. Kara Dune. Kara Dune. Yeah, he goes and back then- to Corvus where kind of this whole thing kicked off. Yes, the, and then uh, Cara Dune and uh, I was just grief Karga Carl Weathers. Yeah, I was going to say Carl Weathers. I couldn't. I can remember the fucking Star Wars <laughs> character names just beyond me for some reason. And the Amy Sedaris uh, Pelimato as well. That was. It was nice to have her back too. Yeah, that was a very fun. memorable character. Yeah, 
So that was like really the only thing I wrote about that one was killing stormtroopers is awesome and blue macarons are hilarious. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was pretty cute. That whole stick with the the yeah. blue macarons and uh, yeah, and uh, which uh, which William Sonoma were like selling online for like forty bucks a box. Like the oh, next I bet. Day or Why would you like not? That. Yeah, like people were buying them online and being like, wait, they're just fucking vanilla flavored, like the fuck are you doing here i wanted to point something out though actually was i think it was an episode two where we see baby yoda eating the eggs and just like eating everything around him it kind of retroactively makes yoda like kind of a monster on dagobah (laughs) have you guys like he's top of the food chain right like he must be like universe like just terrified like everything on that planet must be terrified of him because he eats everything right they obviously will eat anything and he he's the top of the food he's a jedi knight who also will eat bugs and shit. Like what bugs could escape from Yoda? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was the, there was like a meme going around talking about like this totally reframes Yoda as like the apex predator. of yes. Dagobah. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was, like, yeah, I was thinking perfect. about that while I was watching the episode. So I was like, good. that's fucking, that's so fucking weird to think. About. And there was, there was a lot Yoda of people. Did, Yoda like, didn't go there for exile. He went there cause it was a smorgasbord. Like he was getting a buffet basically. That's why he moved to Dagobah. Yeah. I saw a lot of people that were like faux or like responding to like, like outrage that I never saw about baby Yoda, like eating those eggs saying like, Oh, this is genocide and shit like that. And like people, I saw people being like, Oh, like you're just being stupid about this without actually seeing the people that were upset about it. So I don't think anybody was actually upset about that. There was a little bit of stuff on Reddit. People were mentioning it being like, wow, she was just like kind of eating those eggs. That's not cool. But again, but we don't fucking eat unfertilized eggs. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say like everybody eats eggs. It's fine. Um, well, Obviously, not everybody. Not vegans. Either way, whatever. Well, I completely lost. I had a joke that I was going to say, and I fucking lost it. (laughs) (laughs) I wrecked. Oh, no. You know what it was? It was there's another, there's a questionable thing in Wonder Woman 84 that everybody's picked up on immediately because of something. And you haven't seen the movie, so I can't bring it up. (laughs) So you need to watch that, and then we'll have to talk about it next week. (laughs) Either way, um, yeah, Killing Stormtroopers is dope. That was a fun episode. And Carl Weathers directed this episode. Yeah, Carl Weathers directing just episodes because the last episode uh, where they introduced Katie Sackoff and Sasha Banks was um, that was the Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, that was Bryce Dallas Howard's episode, um, which was awesome. Um, We finally get some cool shit. I mean, this uh, the season of cool shit. We get episode five. No, well, that that fourth episode is where they they do some work to deepen the lore and sort of bridge the gap between Jedi and the sequel trilogy because you start finding out more. That that's where we find out that they were they want the child's blood because it has like a high quote unquote M count midichlorian count. <laughs> it's just like I just made my sh- fucking skin <laughs> crawl when even but, making reference to that. I was like, oh no. I think it's a good way to do it without like outright saying it, like saying just saying M yeah. count, yeah, because they they want to use it to as as part of their efforts to clone a new body for the uh, for Palpatine. Yeah. And yeah. so you see all these like failed clone bodies and that like Imperial outpost on Corvus and shit, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. One of them looked like a Snoke. Could have been a Snoke. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So the next episode we get uh, Ahsoka Tan and also Michael Ahsoka Bean Tano. is in there. Ahsoka Tano. Sorry. I got <laughs> notes everywhere. Ahsoka Tano played by Richard. Oh, wow. Tonight, not my R- night. Played by Richard? Richard. Yeah, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> So Ahsoka Tano, played by Rosario Dawson. (laughs) 
we're all on all our brains are on holiday mode this uh, oh week. Oh my god, it's 2020. You know what I mean? Like it's I, I survived this year. Just let me have this week, all right? <laughs> but yeah, no, that was I had so much fun with that episode. Even though I have no like Clone Wars knowledge or anything like that, it was just cool to see. This is the episode where I realized like maybe I'm not, and I think I've said on episodes about Star Wars before, like just fucking don't do Jedi shit anymore. Like I don't want to see Jedi shit anymore. And then I was like, okay, maybe I just don't want to see Skywalker shit anymore. And they proved me wrong there too. So like I don't know what the <laughs> fuck's going on anymore. But like, no, this was super fun. And like it's great seeing Rosario Dawson like just totally inhabit a character that's been around for a long time and stuff like that. Yeah. This season in general, really they I think that they did a really commendable job or are are continuing to do a really commendable job of translating characters that have only been seen in animation to live action. Like with Rosario Dawson, she really grabs that morally ambiguous energy, that like gray Jedi energy of yeah. a you know former Jedi apprentice as Ahsoka. And then Katie Sackoff, I think, did a solid job embodying Bo Katan from Clone Wars too. So I like Katie Sackoff. She does quality work wherever yeah. she shows up. I mean, she's Unless she's, she's on the flash. Or- I was going to say, except on The Flash when she's just like oh, mowing down the scenery. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I guess like if you're on that show and like you're the best actor kinda, in the room kinda. and that's kind of like you like what else are you going to do at that point with that show? Yeah. So it's like I remember watching that and seeing her in that for the first time. It's being like at least she's having fun. I'm not having fun, but at least Katie Sackhoff's <laughs> having fun doing this. Cause, yeah. Married to yeah. You. That was about what I started flipping Flash off uh, yeah. was when she was introduced. I was like, oh, great. Katie Sackhoff. I love Katie Sackhoff. Oh, wait, this is not working out the way I wanted. <laughs> Either way, uh, Rosario Dawson and then Michael Bean, which was just a nice, like, it's just nice seeing yeah. him get some work every once in a while. He's yeah. so good. He was quite good in this, too, like, for the little yeah, part that he had. Embodying, like, the, you know, that little, that, that like, kind of little mercenary niche. Yeah. He's just there, like, as as hired muscle or whatever. And he, yeah. and you can tell, like, he openly, I mean, he's, it's, it's a feint, but he has the whole, like, face-off with Din where he says, like, you know, you and I are similar. We're willing to lay down our lives for the right cause. This is not it. And then he, like, puts down <laughs> his gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have, I actually, I think I would have preferred that if he just would have been, like, yeah, fuck this, and just walked out. I totally would have. I would have been like completely fine with that because then it means you get to bring Michael Bean back yeah. again. Because Michael Bean's fucking fantastic, so like bring him back. Yeah, uh, that's totally what I would have done there. But you know, they have to do that. It's it's a western, right? So like you got to take like if he's taking on the dragon, he's got to put the dragon down basically. So it, yeah. it makes sense. So that's what you do. Um, I like that there's a little shout out to like extended universe Admiral Grand Admiral Thrawn in this episode yeah. too. Yeah, so it's starting to like expand the world into the Clone Wars stuff a little bit more and the EU yeah, stuff again. He's like the master apparently of the magistrate of this little town on Corvus. Yeah, so but no, like that that episode was was fucking cool as shit. Yeah, we got to see like Ahsoka just taking down a bunch of dudes with their like white saber, their dual white sabers. And, and we got to see like something totally new here in terms of this is where we get in, introduced to the idea of uh, lightsabers versus Beskar first with like the lightsabers against Din and his armor and then yeah, yeah. against the magistrate her the the spear of Beskar that she has yeah which actually brought up a question because I was like the dark saber doesn't like if it affects Beskar seemingly the same way as light lightsabers do so everybody it's I was still like technically a lightsaber apparently, I was gonna say apparently it's still like technically a lightsaber it's just that it's got a weird crystal or something is that yeah. what the key to it is yeah it's okay. got it's got a different kyber crystal in it or something something along those lines or i don't think it was made by the jedi okay 
I, I, yeah, there's a whole thing on like sort of the backstory of the dark saber. And I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but all, you know, the biggest part of it is kind of what we have here, which is that it is the Mandalorian the, connection. Yeah, is, yeah exactly. It, it basically represents the seat of power of the Mandalorians. Fair enough. Yeah. Still a cool visual. So there's yeah. that. But yeah. That, so that was, that was the episode that Dave Filoni wrote and directed, which makes sense because he, you know, was basically yeah, the, the showrunner, like, the showrunner yeah. for, for the Clone Wars, and so you know that was really his baby. And this is much better than the episode that Filoni did in the first season, which was that fucking shitty Jake Cannavale piece of garbage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like the one bad episode last year or whatever, where they, where they quote unquote killed Fennec Shand. Yes. So. Yeah, it was a weird episode. I haven't actually rewatched the first season since like we watched it then. I didn't rewatch it for this. I watched so. it like uh, I have rewatched it once, but it was like back in the summer. Uh, I haven't okay. I haven't rewatched it. But, yeah, like this before watching Mandalorian. Yeah, these seasons felt so close together that it didn't feel like it was re- like necessary to rewatch it before this season started because mm-hmm. like we feel like we just watched like we just got season one was like not too too long ago to see how that wait till December feels uh, next year. Yeah. That's going to be a long year waiting for more Mandalorian. And then a so well, that's also where we learn Grogu's name. We learn Baby yes, Yoda. So, yeah. you know, Ahsoka and, and, and Baby Yoda have their little, you know, they commune with each other through the Force. And we'd hear like his backstory that he was tra- being trained on Coruscant and that somebody we don't know who yet uh, sort of secreted him away when Order 66 was executed as well as all the fucking younglings and so yeah we find out like that he has been trained in the force but he's kind of been like hiding his force powers to survive since then and that that he's like ahsoka's talking about like how he's really bonded with din and everything and yeah it was a lot of a lot of world building and, and story movement there yeah fun episode next episode so it's actually the end of episode five uh ahsoka tano sends din and grogu baby grogu here on the quest to go is it typhon typhon Typhon? oh my god these names are killing me (laughs) i keep track of the star trek shit i only have so much space in my brain for random (laughs) weird sci-fi names and i think it's i'm at my limit right now (laughs) and she sends them to typhon where they have there's like a jedi is monastery-ish like, thing. I think it's like, like a, a ruins of a Jedi temple or something. Like, yeah. yeah. And so Baby Yoda has to go meditate on the stone, which they get to, and then we get Dark Troopers and Boba Fett. Boba Fett shows back up. Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. And Fennec Shand, yeah. Who, like, I love Ming-Na Wen. She needs to use her more and maybe give her an episode where she's, like, way more in focus because she always seems to be just on the periphery. On the periphery of everything. So I'm yeah. hoping she gets more screen time on that Boba Fett show. Yeah. Because I like Mingo in a lot. I'm, I, I was glad that they brought her back because I did feel that she was wasted in that yeah, first season. Shortchanged. I yeah. don't know that I'm crazy about the way that brought her back, which I'll I'll get to later. Well, like the droid thing. Or? Yeah, it's one of my kind of minor gripes with the season. Fair enough. I didn't even like. It's one of those things where I just I was like, whatever, hand wave. Just like yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't want to exactly. kill Mignal Wen, so like fucking bring her back however you can, basically. Yeah. And I'm I was, fine with that because I will look at Mignal Wen all day. Wait. I will watch Mignot when do things <laughs> all day. And this is the uh, the Robert Rodriguez episode, so it's all yeah, just it like, like so feels. And, yeah. It just so feels like Robert Rodriguez as soon as you get into the action, too. Like, oh, yeah, 
He likes those low angles. He likes shooting this way. This is exactly the way he shoots action. Good comedy beats with the stormtroopers running away from Boba Fett and stuff like that. Yeah. All Holy Robert shit. Rodriguez. And Boba Fett just like fucking pulping stormtroopers <laughs> with that uh that goffy stick the the yeah. sand person sand people weapon yeah because he fucks up like eight of them with the stick and then he gets his armor and he fucks up another like 15 of them so <laughs> yeah. it's nice because yeah. it was nice to finally see boba fett and it's actually something we'll, we'll come up to again it's like it's nice seeing ot people come back and just like womp ass everywhere like just yeah. kick the shit out of everybody because you always have this like mythological buildup for some of these characters and everybody's like and we talked about it a little bit or i did anyway but like we all thought boba fett was cool as fuck when we were kids but like they don't show him doing anything except getting murked out to luke yeah in return of the jedi so you're like oh maybe he just sucked no he did not no he's fucking epic <laughs> luke got fucking lucky basically or also luke's a jedi and we find yeah. out later that like even boba fett probably not gonna stay up to luke <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Most of these fuckers probably not standing up to a full power Jedi one way or the other. So, and I love that we got to see the one of the biggest just nerd moments for me was getting to see Boba Fett's missile fired like not yeah. once but twice. Like the marshal used it in the first episode yeah. against one of the crate dragons, and then or no, was it against no against the uh, the raiders or whatever? Yeah, like the, it was the, like the, the, mine, the mining were... guild that yeah that yeah. Had, like. Uh, taking over the town and then we get to see boba fett use it to take down one of like the troop carriers as they're flying away yeah i like that that was a good line too where he's like oh i hope to hit the other one yeah i was like that's good all right i'll take it because yeah, it is so another little shout out even like because i've seen attack of the clones twice in my life and i recognized his bombs coming off slave one mm-hmm. the thx bombs i always just call them the thx bombs because yeah, they, they sound they're like specific bomb. sound effects yeah <laughs> they basically use the thx sound effect <laughs> as a bomb it's, it's the hans zimmer bomb i think is yeah, the name it, of it that's probably the first time i remember hearing that kind of effect where like the you get the sound drop out and then like the big brrr yeah. was in attack of the clones when mm-hmm. they used that effect so i remember being like oh i was totally taken out of the movie for a second by like how cool that is as just like a foley yeah. Thing and we're gonna talk about fucking sound effects because this show is just mixed like it's sound just, design's so good. It's produced like a dream, this show. It's crazy how good this is. Yeah. Yeah, so that episode was great because we have to so at the end, and again, we haven't mentioned Gene Carlos Pazito yet as Moff Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. But I think he shows up a couple times throughout the course of the season. More yeah, towards just, the end, just, obviously. Just as like, you know, kind of like in the background, you know, remotely, yeah. you know, he's uh like the they report what's going on to him kind of thing. It's just like cast the perfect man to be a fucking oh, villain and all this stuff. Like space Gus Fring. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like Gus Fring, but even more evil because he's an Imperial. It's just <laughs> we're gonna find fantastic. we're gonna find out that he also has like a space fried chicken restaurant. Oh man, I would that's his front. <laughs> On his home we go to his home planet. They're like, they just think he he imports poultry. Like, what? What? Are you fucking serious? Really? His mom thinks he does poultry. Oh my god. He fried porg. <laughs> Actually, there you go. You just figured it out. He's a he's a, a porg fried. importer. <laughs> that's how he made his fortune and what and got his moth title. Nice. <laughs> selling blue Airport. ice yeah what is it death sticks death yeah. sticks <laughs> death sticks all right so yeah but he was awesome throughout the whole season he's always he's awesome in everything go watch better call saul it's the only other tv show that even like comes close to mandalorian at this point <laughs> yeah so that was a fun episode and at the end we get baby yoda kidnapped by the dark troopers and boba <laughs> fett 
And everybody, the entire internet was like, oh my God, no, it's yeah, that one. Don't, don't kill that baby Yoda. What are you doing? Um, so yeah, we move on to episode seven, which is I like Bill Burr all of a sudden is the only <laughs> note I have. <laughs> yeah. The, the Believer, which is the Rick Famuyiwa written and directed episode. Yeah. Yeah, it. This is, I think, maybe the weakest episode of the season, but still good. I th- see. I would, I would give that to the first Mandalorian episode, like the, with the first when they introduce Kara. Oh yeah, I, w- I always want to call her Kara Thrace. Yeah, Star- <laughs> Starbuck, Starbuck. <laughs> when they introduce Starbuck and Sasha Banks, basically <laughs> what I was trying to say. <laughs> Legit boss Sasha Banks. Also, I, I yeah. love Sasha Banks. She's fantastic. But yeah, no, that was the one I would be like, okay, that's because that's the one that I remember I, when I was rewatching. I dozed off during it. That's the only reason I say that. Whereas this one, that scene in the Imperial commissary or whatever, or whatever. the yeah. canteen or whatever, fucking fantabulous filmmaking. Yeah. Like, super, super good, like, interpersonal, like, scene. I was yeah. just, like, blown away by that scene. And then he shoots him in the fucking face. Yeah, Bilber actually, like, acting decently. Acting. Which is acting. surprising. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah. And we, it's also the, the first time we see didn't take his helmet off again, which yeah. he all of a sudden starts doing like all the time at the end of this season. Where he... <laughs> I think it was, uh, it was definitely earned the second time. I don't know if it was earned this time. Yeah. I felt like he kept it on off too long. The second time I was like, wow, we're really staring at Pedro Pascal for a long time. This episode, <laughs> which is feeling kind of weird now. Cause well, he finally had to show some emotion. Yeah, that's true. But it was uh well worth it. That was good. I like that episode, even though it is kind of like a diversion to get, to find out where Gideon is. Yeah. I liked that closure with that character and Bill Burr kind of knocked it out of the park for me in that episode. That little exchange in the uh, cantina was just like, yeah, thumbs up kids. Fantastic. And then, yeah. Episode eight, the rescue, which is the rescue. Is that, uh, Fabs direct that one? No, Peyton Peyton Reed directed that one. Yeah. Peyton Reed directed two this year, right? Like he did that episode two and episode eight. Yeah, episode two, which is the frog lady episode with the spider aliens, and then yeah, this this uh, season finale. He, I wonder how they pick that. Like, ones, yeah. I was gonna say, like, how did they pick that? Like, who gets to direct the fucking Return of Luke Skywalker to Star Wars? I know, like, right? How do you fucking pull straws on that shit? I'm sure Favs was like overseeing that very closely. As oh, well. I'd imagine <laughs> Favs was pretty busy <laughs> on that episode. Yeah, yeah, I bet you they were all pretty all hands because it sounds like from the uh, episode of that special thing that's on there. I can never remember the fucking name of these things anymore. Gallery. Gallery. That's it. From that episode of gallery that, uh, these guys were all kind of working together and collaborating the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine like, Oh, we're bringing Luke back was probably something like Taika and Bryce Dallas Howard and everybody well, else. Who directed. An episode this season. Well, he was on the interview. Well, he's on that interview thing. So maybe that was from season one, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming if they did it the same way, they'd have everybody on board. But yeah, I bet you that this is like, Fabs and Filoni just like, we can't fuck this up. We need to get this mm-hmm. 100% right. But yeah, it basically starts with them on their way to, like, it starts with the assault on the Imperial shuttle. Yeah. They capture the doctor, Dr. Percy. Yeah. They capture the doctor and then they use that shuttle to infiltrate Gideon's ship and wackiness ensues because it's Star Wars. And every time they infiltrated Imperial 
which seems to be like what you do in every episode of this show. It's like, we're always, what are we doing this week, Pinky? Trying to infiltrate an Imperial stronghold yeah. is basically <laughs> like what we're trying to do yep. this week. And it's, we're doing that again. It's like three or four instances of that in this eight eight episode be, season. At least. It's, it's at least four. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's <laughs> like every time they go back, they when they go back with uh, Cara Dune, yeah. that's one. Uh, the one with Bill Burr's one. Than this, kind I guess kind of the Rosario Dawson episode is too. Like they're well, Thrawn Thrawn is an uh, Grand Admiral and the Magistrate. Yeah, so he's is, Imperial. Is, is her lackey or his lackey apparently? So and then episode three is like when they introduce Katie Sackoff and Sasha Banks. I'm just gonna call him Sasha Banks in Starbuck from now on because yeah. I'm not gonna get it right any <laughs> other way. Yeah, that's an Imperial thing too. So yeah, it is four times they're like infiltrating an Imperial, which I guess like in Star Wars, what the fuck else are you doing? Really, is just yeah. like we're taking down the Empire. That's what we're fucking doing here. So, <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're infiltrating another Imperial stronghold, and this time it's Gideon's ship, where the dark troopers are housed, and they have Baby Yoda and stuff, and they get quite far, and Din somehow managed to get his hands on the the dark saber by defeating Gideon in combat after using, also taking using like, the Beskar spear. Using the spear and his armor, obviously. Yeah. And he also takes like 19 punches from that fucking dark oh, trooper. Shit. That was brutal. In the face. Yeah, <laughs> just rough. getting like fucking like rammed into Ram. the bulkhead. Fuck, you want to talk about concussions, man? I gave myself a concussion last week just getting into the car. Because <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't judge like the how far down I had to duck to get into a car yeah. and it cracked my skull. <laughs> I can't even imagine how fucking rung his bell must have been after getting hammered like that. Yeah. By that goddamn thing. Even just doing the stunt work must have hurt like hell. Yeah, the neck, the neck pain the next day. Yeah, the <laughs> next, the neck pain, and then like the not being able to taste because your brain's been rattling around your fucking skull for ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, rough. But yeah, so that whole episode, you know, then he goes and fights Moff Gideon, which was a fun little brawl because you get to see the spear in action. Yeah, again against another lightsaber. So that's where I was asking the question. I'm like, oh, it has the same effect that Ahsoka's sabers had on the spear. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, is it just is it just like a fancy lightsaber with a black shaft? That's what you phrasing? Said. Yeah. Yeah, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, again, I, I don't remember the exact like construction differences, but it is essentially at its in its essence a uh, a lightsaber. That's fair. Okay. But either way, it had the same effect. And then yeah, so by defeating him, Din gets as a, I guess essentially the king of Mandalore now, also. Yeah, he's yeah, he's the leader of the Mandalorians now, uh, because he right he rightfully won the Darksaber in battle. I'm wondering if that's gonna play into season three at all. I'm assuming I'm, it's probably gonna have a little bit I'm of something. Pretty to do. Positive it's going yeah. to. Yeah. But in the in the midst of all this, uh the, the dark troopers that they had at one point vented into space come back and they realize that they're proper fucked because like Din barely took one of these things out <laughs> with his spear and barely survived. And now there's probably twenty to thirty of them coming back on the ship. And it's all hope seems lost until a lone X-Wing glides by. Which is really funny because they totally be like, "Oh, one X-wing, yeah, we're Car- saved." <laughs> yeah, Cardoon's like, "Oh, great, a single X-wing." Yeah, we're so saved now. <laughs> but of course, yeah, hilarious because you actually are because yeah. Luke Skywalker's on that fucking X-wing and he's gonna wreck shop just like his daddy did, just mm-hmm. like Papa did on Rogue One, <laughs> and he's gonna cut those motherfucking joints. It did. It felt. It felt really reminiscent of that. Yeah. Oh my God. It was almost. I wasn't say shot for shot, but it is very like purposeful the way that that rogue one sequence is yeah. purposefully shot to just show like yeah all these guys are badass and all this stuff is cool and shit but when you put the jedi in the middle of all this stuff yeah 
the Jedi are the heroes of the big picture for a reason. And not just like a Jedi, but like, this is Luke, like at his fucking like peak, right? At like peak power, peak ability kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So ostensibly like the most powerful Jedi ever. Also, assuming after Anakin being Anakin's son, he's probably got some juice. Yeah. Yeah. So like just tearing ass all over the place. It's uh, it's funny too because I remember being like, "Why did they take the?" Because they have a very specific line of dialogue in the episode where they're like, "Yeah, the only problem with the dark troopers were the people inside them. They're droids now." And I was like, "Huh? So they're gonna get to shred these dark troopers at some point?" Mm-hmm. Yes, they are <laughs> like paper. <laughs> well, Luke even does like a force crush, like force choke on one on the very last one. The last one, yeah, which is interesting, and he he does it with his uh, his gloved hand. Uh, which is, you know, traditionally the one that they show as like, oh, this is the symbol of him becoming his father and, yeah. you know, potentially Lots being tempted by the dark side. And, and that's like, I mean, it's tr- force choke or force crush or base are tip- typically like a Sith, uh, Sith power. Well, I mean, or Sith, he is, uh, he is wandering around in a black as night outfit yeah. too. Like he is like Luke on the Jedi scale tends to go fall a little towards the, the grayer side than yeah, I'd assume not, most yeah. Jedi want to be. He's not fully light. Well, like the, it's also the uh, like the old samurai code, right? Like that's how that worked, and they talk about it in the gallery stuff. But like, there is an aspect of like the samurai thing where like negotiate. You'd send a, a samurai in to negotiate if you wanted to negotiate from a position of force. Mm-hmm. Where like these are your warrior cast coming in to do this negotiation. So negotiating from behind the lightsaber is basically what the Jedi are trained to do. So. Yeah. It makes sense. Also, yeah, him crushing that fucking last one like a uh, like a beer can, like a tin basically. Fucking can, yeah, yeah, was pretty badass. She's that like that dope shot that they plan where like the the blaster fires just off, like right yeah. into the camera, basically, yeah. and it can't aim it, and it's twitching yeah. and shit. It's trying, but like this guy is that whole sequence was just Walker. all just like edited and shot so fucking. Yeah, well. it was a lot of fun. And then yeah, so at the end of all this, Luke shows up in mild digital imperfection and yeah, it's close it's close but like there's some as soon as he's he, as soon as he moved i was like oh yeah there it is <laughs> don't move let's not move him too much <laughs> so when they first took the hood off i was like is that sebastian stan did they fucking do it yeah. like i think <laughs> i've heard did. multiple people have that reaction <laughs> yeah and i was like hoping for because i'm like wait are they gonna make luke a character because if he's this badass i want him on another show just <laughs> chopping things up all the time <laughs> But yeah, so he uh, they, he has a moment with Baby Yoda, and he basically tells Din that he needs his permission to take him, yeah. and that Grogu needs his blessing to leave. So they have a little moment. He takes his helmet off again. Yeah, little Baby that, Yoda. <laughs> Yoda was like reaching up, like you know, yeah, tr- absolutely. Mask, I'm on board, like, trying to I'm be like I want. Board. You know, trying to, you know, mime like I want to see your face before I go off because yeah. Grogu hasn't seen his face yet. That's true. That the, like, the previous he times he... that he's taken his mask off, he's never. Uh, he, Grogu hasn't been around. That's fair. You didn't really think he didn't take his mask off on the ship at all. That's. No, I mean, I, I guess even anytime he like guy. eats and stuff, right? He like only. That's just right. That's right. His, they do show he that he lifts up, up the hat. And, uh, yeah, he just okay. eats underneath it. Fair enough. Either way, so we've ever Grogu. seen Grogu for the from the chin down or like the yeah. the mouth down. Yeah. So uh, so Grogu goes with Luke, and uh, that's the end of the season. And R two. And, well, so that was I liked that because uh, Kevin Smith pointed that out when they he he reviewed this. Basically, it was just like it was like the the two toys meeting each other, like the newest yeah. popular toy and the original <laughs> popular toy, the R two D two toy, kind of yeah. meeting up for a second there. And I was like, oh, that's actually that's cute, like a nice big close circle. 
Yeah, and I like it because like R two like starts getting excited, right? Because like R two uh, recognize Yoda. Of, yeah, would recognize Yoda. He's one of the only people on the Jedi side that, or you know, on like the original trilogy side besides Luke that ever like saw Yoda in person, right? Because like Yoda, Yoda had never fucking left Dagobah in the original trilogy. Yeah, well, he would have saw Yoda. Did he see Yoda before that? Would he have seen Yoda during the prequel trilogy? This is my weakness because I've only uh, seen those movies like twice. Yes, but there is there's he's never had his memory wiped i remember they're talking about somebody yeah. actually said specifically r2's never had his memory wiped c3po they wipe but never r2 yeah so like r2 and yoda meet at some point and are like i don't conspiratorial. know i don't <laughs> like, know if yoda why well, I, I guess yoda and r2 meet during this uh, prequel trilogy i can't remember if there's ever a time when because like yoda's only ever sort of like around the jedi council and then, like, around the clones, I don't know that he's ever really around, like, Padme and Anakin, which is where R2 Yeah, because R2 is with Anakin, right? That's yeah, right. I was going to say, yeah. the only time he's really... Because he's his astromech droid. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. That's weird that he got to keep that droid after all that. Because wasn't that the... That's the That was the Queen's droid, was it not? Like, it was on her ship originally. R2? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Yeah, he was Padme's. So he just he just stole R two all that time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Well, I mean, you know, they were close, right? So, uh, well, I guess they were sleeping together by the time he was using him as his astral yeah, So that that's, makes sense. That's just one of those things that happens when you're sleeping together. You just you know, you sure, leave, leave a, yeah, you leave a toothbrush at the other person's house. You take the take other person's astromech droid to, yeah. uh, <laughs> to when you're going into battle. <laughs> Dating in a galaxy far, far away sounds complicated. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. But we wouldn't know because the only example we have is fucking Anakin and Padme's just god awful awkward romance. So. We have, uh, oh, and Luke and Han, or Han, Luke and Han. Luke and Han, wishful thinking on my part, maybe. <laughs> Han I mean, Leia. You could, you could say Luke and Leia to an extent, but definitely <laughs> Han and Leia. I don't know. I feel like Han Solo kind of seduces Luke a little bit. Like he's using the charms <laughs> on him, you know? Fair. I mean, it's just, he uses his charm on every period. It's Harrison Ford, man. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't? Fair enough. I would. It's Harrison Ford. <laughs> Either way. Uh, yeah, so that was all episode eight episodes of Well, and the then there's of the, the, the post-credit scene. And then, yes, well, the post-credit scene, which we've already talked about 15 times, because yeah. Boba Fett is getting his own show, because he walks in, and, was it Bib Fortuna? Yeah. There Bib you Fortuna, go. who's taken over. Um, one obscure one. Star Wars character. Yeah, it's from the, this is from the original trilogy, and I think <laughs> I had that action figure. Because everybody had that action figure, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bib Fortuna's taken over in the absence of Jabba the Hutt on yeah. Tatooine. So I guess we're going back to Tatooine. Tatooine, the most important planet in Star Wars. Just <laughs> throwing that For out some there. Reason, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody grew up on Tatooine. Fantastic. Yeah. We're going to be back there again because it's not just Boba Fett either. We'll be back there for Obi-Wan. We're just always on Tatooine. Just always yeah. in Tatooine. But yeah, we get uh, Bib Fortuna getting shot in the face by Boba Fett. And then uh, Boba Fett taking over the Hut Empire on Tatooine, along, along with Fennec Shand. And yes, along with Fennec. So at least that means we're getting more Mignal Wen. Which, yeah, thank you, Star Wars gods, for more Mignal Wen on a show that I can watch. And it's not Agents of Shield. <laughs> thank you so much. So, um, what did you like aside from fucking basically like <laughs> this is the best show? this made me a star Wars fan again. I don't know how else to describe this at this point. I'm just like, wow, if you just write these things real well and minimize the Jedi horse shit, look who's on board again. Oh, look. 
Let's see. I, I still think that this show is doing a very good job of using the medium to its advantage. The fact that it is a streaming series, so oh, yeah. it's not bound by episode like lengths. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be like a 42 minute episode because like here we've got episodes ranging from like a tight, like nice little 30 minutes out to about an hour. But no episode feels longer than it needs to be. You know, every episode is exactly as long as the narrative needs it to be. So you don't have to worry about like padding out something, you know, to get it up to a length or rushing something to get it into like a, you know, 42 minute episode or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think what else? Uh, I like there was a ton more fantastic fight choreography in this episode. I loved it. Yeah, the, the, sorry, this season. Uh, I loved watch. I mean, I love watching Din use his armor to his advantage. Like, he's basically yeah. a fucking tank character, right? And to the point where he will also like draw aggro on himself when he's fighting with people that aren't as armored as he is, because he'll just like he doesn't ever need to bother avoiding blaster hits because yeah. the armor can just take it. But then we get the episode, the the seventh one with Bill Burr where Mayfeld, I guess his name is, where yeah. he, he doesn't, he goes like undercover and he's wearing like the shitty Imperial armor. And he, so he doesn't have his best car anymore. And you can tell that he's been relying on it because like it takes him a couple minutes to kind of like readjust and be like, oh fuck, like I can't just, you know, take can't these take hits. Fucking and, shots to the face and stuff yeah. like that. that. Like I could with my best car on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was really good. And then the cold open of the second episode, that like sequence on Tatooine where the bounty hunters ambushed in on the speeder bike. Yeah, and then the he gives the Jawa his jetpack and then activates it. And <laughs> those are the little moments that they do, which are so like you don't think about them when you think about the original trilogy. But there's lots of little moments like comedic beats that yeah. are black as fucking coal comedy. You know what I mean? Just like the darkest possible watching comedy. A, watching a little Jawa like plummet to his death <laughs> from like a yeah. hundred feet up in the air. Exactly. But, but you're laughing your ass off, right? Because you're like, oh, that's good. That's clever. I like that. He just murdered a guy. <laughs> You know, but you're cool. With it. It's not worse. People die in everywhere. This yeah. is how this works. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love those little beats. And there's a bunch of them throughout the season where that are just like they're perfect little John Favreau comedy beats. Oh, yeah. Because sure. all stuff that he like, I mean, obviously he stole it from Star Wars, but you saw it in Iron Man, and everything else he directs where you have those little like action comedy beats. Mm hmm. Tony blowing up the fucking like blowing himself backwards the first time he fires the repulsor rays. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. badass and cool, but he also like <laughs> he's an idiot. He's stuck in a big pile of boxes now, like that kind of shit. So yeah, no, they do a really good job. And and this is again like yeah, you're it's absolutely like Fav's kind of style, like of just balancing everything, like balancing the uh, the action with the drama, with the kind of world building, with the you know big fucking like effects set pieces with the comedy and everything and so yeah yeah he's just got that dialed dialed right the fuck in yeah and there was and there were more like good fight scenes like the getting to see those four mandalorians all fighting together that was great we're we're first introduced to bo katan and whatever sasha banks character is and then that other yeah and that other dude that that other dude that (laughs) doesn't really do much anything who's not sasha banks or katie sackoff so they're just like (laughs) and whatever we don't need a dude we have yeah. Sasha Banks and Katie Sackoff. And and I love that uh fight between Ahsoka and the uh the magistrate. Um the magistrate, by the way, is uh who's it that plays her? That actress I recognized her. She, I can't well, she's, she's really good though. Uh it's Diana Lee Inosanto, who is mostly a stunt woman, but she her lineage, her training lineage goes back to Bruce Lee. 
Yes, yeah. She was trained by one of Bruce Lee's, uh, like, prodigies, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really cool. And then, but I just loved, like, her, again, it was something we'd never seen before, like, lightsaber versus Beskar kind of thing. And then uh, it even had Ahsoka, when she gets down to the one saber, like, switching to that aggressive, like, uh, backhanded stance that she was always, like, she was known for doing that in the Clone Wars series. So that was really cool. And then it also like that set the stage for the Din versus Gideon fight in the last episode, where it's the Baskar spear versus which you can tell that Gideon is not trained using a lightsaber because he's basically just fucking like hacking and slashing with it. kind of thing. He doesn't know what the fuck to do with it. That makes that that makes sense. He's looking episode six or fiving it basically where he's just like, yeah, like ramming at him basically more than doing anything technique. So. I mean, like I said, Boba Fett just like fucking pulping stormtroopers with that gaffy stick. And then I liked in that fight scene, too, that uh, it was like true Star Wars tradition because like Boba and Fennec won because they had the high ground. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody called out the high ground at one point in an episode this season. And I I didn't write it down, but I was like, oh, (laughs) still making jokes about that shit. Like you're going to be making jokes about that shit we'll be rotting in the grave and they'll be fucking making jokes about the high ground in star Wars. So. <laughs> and then, and then in that last episode, like just fucking, you know, the choreography that went into getting to see Luke just fucking wreck a bunch of oh. troopers and then dark troopers at, at like his full fucking strength was yeah. just so satisfying. Like the perfect, like mix of like lightsaber and force powers. Yeah. It's just like interchangeably switching back and forth to them. It's just so, so fucking good. So yeah, I was, the fight choreography is so good. Yeah, it looked like a sequence out of Fallen Order if you know how to play Fallen Order properly, basically. Yeah. <laughs> when you have your powers at the end, you just like... Or, or even one of the old Jedi Knight games, because you could do the yeah. same kind of thing, right? Like, you, yeah. you'd, like, uh, yeah, switch between doing, like, a force push to get a bunch of guys away and then hack some guys that are near you with your yeah. lightsaber and shit. And, yeah. Yeah. Lightsabers are cool, guys. I don't know. <laughs> when used appropriately and very minimally, apparently, but they are cool. I thought the season was paced really well. I yeah, I, I wrote pacing like of the like each episode. Like each episode is paced spectacularly well, and the season was paced just yeah. right too. So yeah, it built built really steadily towards towards a conclusion that felt earned in the end. Yeah, um, and it really yeah. helped that there's a couple people I'm sure who were like like oh Luke's like it's a Deus Ex Machina kind of thing having him just show up there. I'm like well actually they set it up three episodes ago so like yeah it's kind of fine. Also like. He called the Jedi. Who else were you expecting to show up? Because I yeah. saw there's somebody from Clone Wars that people were talking about. Yeah, like, I think ah- Ahsoka's um, like apprentice or whatever it is supposed to be. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple other Jedi that are hanging around now that it could have been, but I mean that is kind of the biggest biggest one that they could have gone with. Yeah, the, and it, the most satisfying. Yeah, the two I kept seeing. Well, I mean, aside from Luke, the two I kept seeing were him and Cal from uh, from Fallen Order. Right. Who's yeah? Because he's still he's out there post Order sixty six also because the game takes place before Episode fuck four, I guess. There were also point. some people that I saw like saying like, "Oh, what if we got fucking Mace Windu showing up?" Because like you never like see him die, right? So yeah. you know, there's the possibility that he might still be out there. Which I mean, that would have been cool too. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, he works for Disney. It can't be like he's going to be shooting that. Yeah. <laughs> they would have had to do just as much de-aging with him as they did with uh with Nick Fury Mark Hamill. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but they've already got the files ready to DH him because like they it's did true. it for Captain Marvel. So like, this is we'll just bring him, bring him in. Let's just do an episode with Mace Windu at this point. He's already on contract to Disney. <laughs> Let's just do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What else did I have in here? I was going to talk about fan service where like this, yeah. like there's a lot of it in I've this got a whole season. Section of it. Yeah. Where it's just like an entire. Did you? Yeah. And it's not so much that I have, like, I want to call anything out particularly. And like, but it's just for some reason it all felt earned. Like I'm yeah. never angry at the fan servicey stuff. I had, in that Mandalorian. Exact, I had that exact note that there was so much earned and well-executed fan service. Yeah. And it's, and this is the only, I promise this is the only time Mark talks about Star Trek tonight, but like they've been doing a lot of fan servicey stuff on discovery this year to like kind of reintroduce a new world. And like, it's because they've moved past Picard, like they're reestablishing stuff. And it's like, Oh, we're going to show you trill. And we're going to show you this, that, and the other thing, all of it falls completely fucking flat. Mm-hmm. Because they just haven't earned it at all. Whereas in this show, you're just like, man, this show's so good on its own that when you pepper this extra stuff in, it's just that much better. Because you're not just like, oh, this, this they did this entire episode just to show me Luke Skywalker. Ugh. Which yeah. is what would have happened on Disco, right? You'd be like, oh, this whole episode was just revolving around like, hey, look, the Vulcans and the Romulans have you reunited a thousand years in the future. Isn't that cool? Oh, fine, whatever. Like, whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? The yeah. show still sucks and is about a character that's terrible. So like, didn't they even fucking name that episode like Reunification Part Three or three, whatever? Like yeah, they tried, they tried the, to tie it into like the reunification uh, episodes that were done and showed. They showed people. Leonard Nimoy making fucking speeches. Uh, no, like nonetheless. Yeah, did you not watch that episode? No, I did. Yeah, they used used hollows and they actually used Nemo making speeches from that episode. It looks so out of fucking place too, like the old like 90s style Trek footage in like slick new Star Trek. Yeah, either way. Enough Star Trek talk. Maybe we'll do an episode where I just fucking yell about Discovery (laughs) in a couple (laughs) weeks when that's up. Well, if you don't want to call out all of the individual fan service, I fucking will because this is my opinion. This like, is yours, man. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of I'm leaning on you a little bit more this episode because I'm like I don't fucking know who any of these people are or what any of this horse shit is. I just knew that like I grew up watching the original trilogy and I love those three movies and everything since then has disappointed me until Mandalorian, Rogue One to a certain extent, I guess. But like this is like why I like Star Wars and it's all because it has nothing to do with a big sweeping thing. It's just a bunch of scumbags living just in this a bunch scummy of fun universe. Shit, yeah. And just doing wacky shit. And I'm like, this just this is what I've wanted from you assholes since nineteen ninety nine. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, like I mean, I already talked about like getting to see Boba Fett's missile fire off twice. That was like just fucking huge fan service, but whatever. Totally. Even the knee launcher. Like, I was like, yeah. this is dope as shit. We're yeah. getting into like the real like fucking weird deep. deep cut stuff. Yeah. 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 Bringing back Ahsoka Tano entirely fucking is just huge fan service. Um, I mean, casting, I mean, doing that, doing that and casting Rosario Dawson on top of everything else who everybody like, I mean, I know there was that little hiccup where she had an issue, but like, who doesn't fucking love Rosario Dawson? She's fantastic. So, and then the, the mention of Grand Admiral Thrawn, like I'm guessing now that the Ahsoka series is going to heavily involve Thrawn and they're going to bring him into live action as well. For anybody that doesn't know Grand Admiral Thrawn, he is uh, a fan favorite character from the novels that I admittedly have not read. But then he also shows up in, I think it was Rebels, uh, Star Wars Rebels, one of the more recent animated series. Fair enough. I uh, I was kind of hoping that they weren't going to make me go and like watch a whole other series to get his backstory because <laughs> I'm like I don't want to do that. But like, just put it in the show and I'll watch Rosario Dawson kill him <laughs> in a couple years, you know, basically. So 
the the dark troopers which are a fucking like deep cut from uh, that's an old game very thing, old yeah it's from uh dark forces which was like a star wars uh fps from, from like the, 1992 from, from like the not yeah like mid 90s kind of thing yeah the luke's return at the end of the rescue was just executed so well like wearing a cloak like they reveal him like kind of in steps right because like first you see the x-wing then you see that he's got a green lightsaber then you see the gloved hand and then finally he pulls back the cloak and reveals himself like along with the binary sun theme playing and like yeah that's just exactly how that reveal needed to be done i was like so when did you know it was him like when i saw the green the, saber the green i was like saber. oh it's fucking well, luke yeah i had a i as soon as I saw a black robed character that had come yeah. out of a an X wing, yeah. I was I was pretty sure that was where they yeah. were going, and then like it cemented it as soon as I saw the, yeah. the green the green saber. I popped pretty fucking hard. I will admit, I popped hard for the green lightsaber. Like yeah. that was kind of what like got me. Where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is Luke, and then he walks by, and you can see the green saber in a gloved hand. I was yeah. like, oh shit, yeah. my boy's no back. doubt. Like yeah, that's exactly. my that was that's our childhood hero finally coming back and being the childhood hero we wanted to see him actually be not just once basically we only got to see that yeah. kind of once right yeah so it was really cool to see him come back and just like again kick massive ass <laughs> yeah and then r2 was great the dark saber what they did with that was cool and also like bringing in the whole legacy of the dark saber you know and what it means to possess it there was even like a nice uh th- this one is a super deep cut but there was a nice little like kind of nod to galaxy's edge the star wars land at the disney parks uh where they're cooking the crate dragon like big meat chunk using like a pod racer engine that's what yeah. they do at one of the restaurants at galaxy's edge they like not oh, they? they they've got like a robot or a droid that's uh turning a spit that has meat on it and there's a huge like ship engine that's they're using to cook it and it like that's will, awesome the, the engine like like shake and vibrates and stuff like that and yeah it's it's called the uh, ronto roasters is the place so you didn't call out the fan service from the very first episode where the the pod thing that my boy seth bullock god damn it raylan gibbons nope that's not him either timothy oliphant timothy oliphant I just I just named all his characters from other shows. Timothy Elephant, the thing he's driving is like Anakin's pod from episode one. That's the first thing I noticed. Oh, I've seen, yeah, if you want to talk about things you've seen a million times, even if it was voluntarily or not, episode mm. one I've seen so many times because they made us sit in the theater to watch it when it first was released. <laughs> so I saw it about 59 times in the first like two weeks that it was out. I hate that. I mean, I hate that movie more now than I ever did then. But like... I because of that I was like as soon as I saw the pot I was like oh yeah look at that that's from episode one <laughs> holy shit yeah I can't believe I didn't fucking notice that but yeah there's yeah. people here like showing that that is that is definitely yeah yeah I noticed it immediately they did only because I'd Anakin seen episode just... one so many times yeah Anakin's pod racer engine that's fucking yeah. crazy yeah <laughs> so there you go see I got one you didn't you did fuck you nerd Tim yeah you <laughs> I gotcha and it's from the prequels so are you proud of that well no it's only because and it's literally <laughs> only because of that fact where like George Lucas is such a fucking maniac that he made an usher stand in every movie theater playing episode one to allow it to play in that theater you had to like like have an usher staff oh, yeah. staff an usher for the entire night to make sure people weren't recording it uh, it was recording and also in case so that there was immediate action in case something happened to the film while it was being shown like if there was mm. a, a thing it's like if the film broke it wasn't like somebody has to go get the usher and then go deal with it the usher mm. just like immediately like right away right away go upstairs kind of thing and get the projectionist on it although at, 
by the time they did that, I was training as a projectionist. I think that's why they had me do it because be like, oh, there's a problem. Mark can just go upstairs and fucking fix it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So being a projectionist back then was fun because like the film broke and like <laughs> you had to deal with that and people were yelling. So it wasn't just like, oh, a digital projector. We have to reset it. It's like, yeah. sorry, we're going to turn it off and turn it back on again. Yeah, it's like, exactly. no, I have to rerun this film and cut shit now. Like, I don't know what's going on. It was fun. Either way, enough nostalgia about my movie theater time. More <laughs> Star Wars horse shit. What else did I have in here? So we got to talk about, like, production, basically. Yeah. Just really quick. Because, like, first of all, art direction, fan-fucking-tastic. Everything feels yeah. like it belongs in the Star Wars universe. I love, and I love the way that the Mandalorian uses their previs art as the closing credits. The cl- credits it scenes, just yeah. makes my production nerd, like, because I'm one of those guys who would love to be able to do that kind of shit. Maybe one day. You never know. But, like, I draw a lot. It would be nice to be able to go do, like, work on a Star Wars or a Star Trek and do concept art. And then, like, just to be able to say, like, wow, not only was my concept art used in a Star Wars thing, they're actually showing it to motherfuckers in the credits, which I just, like, is super cool. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I no, love that. And all then of that, all the production shit, like the sound design, set design, costume design, production design, yeah. pra- the practical effects, most of the computer effects just yeah. on fucking point again. I didn't see too much CGI stuff that really bugged me uh, this year. That wasn't There's like a Luke's lot face. Yeah. 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 Like Luke's face was the, f- the only one I can think like outright that I was like, oh, wow, that's janky as fuck. What's going on there? But uh, I, that de-aging stuff is tricky. So. I actually had more issues with practical effects this season than I did with the CGI. But even with the facial CGI on Luke still not being perfect, you can definitely tell they've made big strides compared to Leia Leia in Rogue One and even even Leia in Rise of Skywalker, where they did that like flashback scene. Um, Definitely like a massive improvement over like Leia and. uh, Oh, my uh, God. I completely forgotten about that scene. Peter Cushing, Moff Tarkin in Rogue One. Yeah. I completely forgot about that scene in Rise of Skywalker. Thank you for re- reintroducing that trauma to me. <laughs> that, <sighs> that was I cool. Seeing. That I like. Yeah, it was like cool they, seeing young Leia. Yeah, though. it was cool seeing seeing it's Luke the uh, training with those movies, Leia. Man, I didn't want to see any of the shit that they showed us. I wanted to see them like do Luke and Leia's actual story. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> One day we'll do the markets really plastered and bitches about why he hates <laughs> Star Wars after the original trilogy because it's just. I just find it very frustrating. Either way, what else was there? I mean, soundtrack. We got to talk about. You know, if we're talking yeah. about art direction, and like production, the sound. Um, some episodes are like here and there, but if you can watch this and surround with Atmos or whatever they're yeah. broadcasting it in, it I highly recommend. Like, don't listen to this your shitty TV speakers. If you have the home theater or the sound bar that can do it, or you have Definitely good cans, put, yeah. put them fucking on and just listen to it. Because I got my like beautiful seven point one set up. And sweet Jesus, sometimes it's like being in Star Wars when the mm-hmm. sound is working right. Like when they're flying around and stuff and like torpedoes are going off next to you and shit. It's like, oh, I love that fucking feeling. So, yeah. And they do like just a just marvelous job of reusing the old stuff. So you feel familiar. Like it sounds like the original movies. It's got all that. Obviously, they've pulled from the Lucasfilm archive. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah cleaning up some stuff and then like the only time the only time it took me out one time was the gun that Cara Dune uses in the last episode sounded so weak sauce compared to what it should have sounded like the one that was like the the rail gun the jammed one yeah the one that jammed I was like wow that sounds crappy every other gun sounds dope and like it would hurt when you get hit with it that one sounds like a bleepy bloopy NES thing it's the only (laughs) time it took me out of it so 
Yeah. Any other time, like sound, and then score on top of that, like that Sergio Marconi kind of score. It's just yeah, like Lud- Ludwig Gorenson is still fucking killing it on the score, and he got yeah. more opportunities this season to kind of weave in some of those uh, OT original trilogy themes as well. Yeah, and did that really deftly, like you know, the almost like seamless, you know, in in ways that were noticeable but not distracting. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that's what we liked about... Do you have anything else that you liked about this? I mean, we probably have laundry lists of shit. Yeah. But going long at this point, so... Uh, What else? Breeze through them real quick, and then we can... uh, You can gripe, because I don't have anything to gripe about. This (laughs) made me love Star Wars for the first time in, like, a million years. So, there you go. I mean, we already talked about most of, like, the kind of great guest appearances, um, like John Linguizamo, Michael Bien, or Bean, Timothy Olsen. Rosario Dawson. Yeah, yeah. Rosario Dawson. Um, even Dave Filoni. Sasha Banks. Yeah. Dave Filoni <laughs> as one of, one of the X-wing New Republic pilots. X-Wing pilots. So I wonder if yeah. he'll end up as, as an ongoing character in Rangers of the New Republic. And then the, I can't remember the other guy's name, but the other guy's is, like, a Canadian actor. Yeah. The other, uh, He's X-wing been in a bunch pilot. of stuff, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from was it Kim's Convenience? Yep. Yeah. And then we had characters brought back from the first season in ways that generally didn't feel forced, like the Amy Sedaris character, the yeah. Horatio Sands alien. I can't remember what that character's name is. Um, and then yeah. uh, uh, Grief Karga as well. That's the Carl Weathers character. Yeah, like bringing Cara Dune back. Like as, as much as I can't remember her name, like the, the actress's name. Gina Carano. Gina Carano sucks. Uh, that's that's my biggest gripe. Unfortunately, yeah, it's a big because like I really like that character, but like that kind of drags it down a little bit. It really, but does. either way. And then just the the emotional bond between Din and Grogu. I was really yeah. happy with the way that they played that. Like the little ways that they showed that bond strengthening and the bond and the understanding kind of strengthening between Grogu and Din, especially the whole Ahsoka getting in to sort of have Grogu like use his force powers to take the the sphere or the little knob or whatever. Yeah. And then also this is, you know, kind of a little throwaway scene, but like the little scene where Din has like Grogu in an access panel on the Razor Crest. Uh, oh to yeah, try I and, love like, that. Reroute that was... a system or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite scenes of the entire season actually because yeah, it's it it a nice little it comedic, so emotional fun. Yeah. Like cute little moment between the two of them. Yeah. Cause you always, it's the, um, Oh God damn it. I'm going to talk about star Trek again, but it's like that moment where you see the crew just like bombing around in between missions and stuff where they're like fucking with a conduit or whatever. Like that's, it's that little scene where you get like the two characters bonding over repairing the ship that they're on kind of thing. And yeah. that's what that scene was it's like, like a hundred percent star Trek that scene. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. I love, yeah, I really, I really like that scene a lot, but I just like, like baby Yoda, and this is going to sound funny coming from me. Who's like, you know, like grouchy all the time. He's so like, I fucking love baby Yoda. Yeah. He's like a little puppy dog. I think like, I just want to keep him. He's so cute. And that sounds really weird coming from me. But and like, again, they do such good puppet work with him this season too. Oh, yeah. So good. Like the, all the work they did in the last episode, like him kind of like not wanting to leave Din and looking at Luke yeah. and interacting with R2. I was like, Oh man, they're fucking killing it with that little puppet. It's such an emotive little puppet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main reason why I'm like, they're not getting rid of that character. That character will be back next season because they spent mm. so much money on that fucking puppet. <laughs> they're not going to keep it off TV. I think it's, if they do, take Grogu off the table for a while. I think it's smart because yeah, otherwise audiences will get tired of him and be like, all right, I get it. And fucking like little tiny Yoda, whatever. Like, I'm sure he'll be back. I think that may- if I had to take a guess, I would say like maybe he'll have like a cameo in season three. 
It could be in like one episode or something like that. Or maybe they take a break for him for like a full season because they don't want people like lose their like hunger for him. Yeah, you know, they're fucking like he's like that's their merchandising cash cow right now for sure. Is, is leave them wanting more, kids. Always yeah. leave them wanting more. Um, but yeah, like in that last episode as well, it was it was nice to see that you know it showed again that bond between Din and Grogu when Din is willing to take off his helmet so that Grogu can see his face before he goes off, and you know, and that that beautiful little moment where like Grogu's reaching up, you know, trying to touch his face and everything. And I I will fully admit that I got teary. Both times I watched it when Grogu and Din like part ways in the finale. Oh, was, see, I got like nostalgia teary seeing Luke more than anything else. Like that yeah. was what worked for me. Like as like as the guy who comes from like strictly like I just like the original trilogy. Nothing else has ever really worked for me in Star Wars. Like yeah. seeing Luke come back and be like the character he was, not the shitty character they made him in the sequel trilogy. Like the character he was back then when he was still like a hero and stuff. I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's the guy that I. You know, you grew up quasi idolizing because he was the hero of Star Wars, right? So yeah, it was nice oh, getting was cool to too. see him be like the hero of Star Wars again. So yeah, yeah, there was some great like classic tropes and also like subversions of tropes, like the whole crate dragon like blowing the monster up from the inside thing. Except yeah. like first you get Din like shocking the crate dragon to let him out because I fully expected that like Din was just going to blow it up from the inside and just come out covered in guts. Yes, and then, yeah, and then we did. I mean, that gets that, done in everything. So, yeah, they yeah. do that in everything. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. What else? I just, I was glad that they brought back Fennec Shand. They didn't waste her. The flip side of that, like her being able to survive a gut shot with a blaster by like having her insides like looped, right? Like Luke's hand or yeah. whatever. It or seemed, Vader, it I seems, guess, also. <laughs> yeah, it seems hand wavy and it unfortunately goes a long way to lessening the stakes in this universe overall. If basically like a fucking gut shot, but looks pretty much lethal is survivable. Then like, where are the stakes now? Right. Well, I mean, like we've had that problem. I mean, like you almost had that problem since like the beginning of the franchise though. Cause like Vader, we didn't know exactly what happened to him, but like he's massively fucked up in half a cyborg. So it's always been an option. This is now they're like, oh, wait, if you do that everywhere, oh, yeah, I guess it kind of cheapens some stuff, right? So like, it's probably going to be one of those fine lines they have to walk at this point. We're like, we could just cyborg everybody, but then we're just watching The Matrix or yeah. Terminator or whatever. <laughs> it's like, what's the fun in that? Yeah. I mean, I still don't know why there are humans in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Well, you I mean, know? there's all there's people that have said like, oh, maybe these are meant to be, you know, this is an alternate history for humanity or whatever. But I don't know. I've, eventually, we're going to find out that it was Star Trek. It was Michael Burnham's fault. <laughs> they go back in time to a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and that's how it started. I'm going to ruin your franchise no, and see where they ruined mine with Michael so Burnham. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Uh, Full well, this, circle. This also falls under fan service. I was, it was really nice in the last couple of episodes to see Boba Fett's armor all like restored and repainted. Did you notice that? Like, it gave yeah, a fresh they, they paint, job paint job. And, yeah, I yeah, noticed that. It looked, yeah. looked really good. Like, all fucking, you know, fresh, fresh as a daisy on, 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 chunk, on chunky Boba Fett. I was going to say, I was like, hey, he's dad, he's, dad, he's, dad Boba Fett. I was going to say, he's dad bod Boba, Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I was like, man, that guy should have. I mean, I, I get it. Middle age sucks, but like, you know, time to hit those roids, boys. Boys, yeah, you're going to go Star okay. Wars. Get jacked. Get <laughs> <Yeah>. jacked. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was on board. Either way. 
I think that's, yeah, that's pretty much uh, it in terms of, and I just, I mean, fuck, the Razor Crest really did just get done dirty. I felt bad yeah. for, I felt so bad for Din when it just fucking got obliterated. Yeah. Oh man, the, the best was the the Mon Calamari repair job, because he's <laughs> so fucking bitter about it too. The goddamn Mon Calamari, like just <laughs> fucking squids, like he just, yeah, he just like, hurt, they, they've just like got it held together by like fucking twine Webbing and shit. It, yeah. And, yeah, oh man, it's fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Can you imagine how that must have smelled after, after oh, my God. that repair job? <laughs> just all those fish like crawling all over your thing, all over your stuff. <laughs> Oh, nasty. Oh. Yeah, I'm not wasn't a fan of that. But either way, yeah, the, the poor Razorcrest just got fucked yeah. up hard. So in terms of gripes, yeah, Gina Carano is the biggest one for me. Like, she, like given the shit that she has been posting on social media, like both before and during this season, like her anti-vaxxer and anti-trans bullshit. Like I just it really took me out of it in terms of like being able to actually care much about her character this season. I, yeah. Every time she was on, I was just like, no, nah, I'm fucking done with you. Like, they use her a lot too. like she's very much like a yeah. main. She's on all the advertising like she's like a main character almost. I wonder what they're going to do with her going forward. I just really hope that unless if she does, you know, continue on this shit that they'll like either write her off entirely or at least minimize her role going forward. Because I think it's just toxic for the brand at this point. If they, if they keep her on a brand that has its problems with toxicity, uh, exactly notoriously as it is, which we've discussed in length at length at length for the duration of this podcast, 230 some odd episodes so one of the other ones and this is something i've seen a lot of people have an issue with the whole like face scan thing in the imperial base seemed a little bit hand wavy just to have an excuse for din to take his helmet off like where they even understand why did it work how did it (laughs) all all, apparently all they want is to see that you have a face yeah that's what i was like is it not like it's not a face well apparently it's it's like comparing against a database of known spies or whatever but like they don't have a database saying like oh yeah you're definitely like an imperial officer or a trooper or whatever it's like okay you have a face and and we don't recognize (laughs) yeah that's what i was my question about that episode was you have a face and we know that you're when he's like i'll go do it i was like were you an imperial at some point like are we gonna find out he was an imperial and like and it could that's end up being up. one of those kind of things. And if so, then I guess Great. that's okay. But like yeah. maybe mention it in the episode where you just random. Like, yeah, that the, I was sitting there going like the, the like, no wonder the empire fell. Their IT protocols <laughs> were dog shit. They're like their infrastructure. IT security was terrible. Well, the moment for me that was like, no wonder the fucking empire fell was when the two stormtroopers on the speeder bikes crash before they even catch up with the, they crash into each <sighs> other before they even fucking catch up to that like carrier. The the, the empire definitely <laughs> like, what's funny, this is maybe a, a franchise wide gripe, but it's like, you're how supposed to be these scared guys? of the empire, but how do these guys take over the galaxy? It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> These fucking morons <laughs> took over the galaxy. Half of them can't even walk through doors properly with those fucking helmets on. <laughs> like we saw it in the first. They can't hit the broadside of a fucking barn. And like, yeah, all the imperial troops are this accurate, right, Obi Wan? Like, eat a dick. Like, holy shit, they can't hit anything. They walk in the walls, they drive <laughs> into each other. They can't tell that like nobody recognized what's his name, Bill Burr as like a traitor or whatever they're just like oh yeah he's fine that's cool also mandalorian dude like din is not an imperial 
but our computers are just going to give him our yeah, secret. Yeah, we'll just give shit. you access to secret information oh because we, because you're not like somebody that we've caught before as a spy. Basically, yeah, is all that that thing was checking for. <laughs> so. When they got to that point, I was like, "This is the only point where this they they got Star Trek Discovery syndrome on me." Where I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is just dumb. Like, it's just dumb. It doesn't make yeah. any sense." That so that so. kind of broke immersion for me. And there were a couple of practical effects that like the vision kind of exceeded the budget. I think a little yeah. bit, which also broke immersion for me. One of them was the frog couples, like little tadpole, was clearly just like a fucking rubber puppet that was like flopping around in a bowl. Like, I guess they just blew all their puppetry budget budget on Grogu and they couldn't fucking yeah. bother to make like a realistic looking tadpole. <laughs> yeah, even the CGI shot of the tadpole coming out of the egg, like with Grogu looking on in the background yeah. there was I was like, oh, OK, that's not the greatest yeah. CG shot they've done. But And then like the they call them pirates, like the guys that are following the uh the carrier with the explosive mineral or whatever, but I don't think they're really pirates because they're clearly just, they're not trying to steal it. They're clearly just trying to blow it up. So whatever saboteurs or whatever, like they were clearly just fucking like rubber masks. Like they had no, there's no mouth movement, no capability for expression whatsoever. Like there was no hero that, you know, could, could open his fucking mouth and look like it was a real person or a real, real alien or whatever. Yeah, there was some compositing in that episode, like in that sequence, too, that I was like, yeah. well, that's some green screen. All right. Fair enough. I get it. I get it. You're shooting eight episodes and it's, it's and you blew all the budget on on like digital Luke. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> digital Luke and that big dragon in the first episode, they shot yeah. an IMAX. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. So. Cool. I mean, that basically I can't think of anything like I want to grave about too, too much. Like, yeah, again, Cara Dune, like that act that just bothers me. But I mean, whatever. Everything else they seem to be doing like just works for me right now. I'm sure eventually I'll be like, oh, yeah, this sucks. But like I've had very little things to gripe about with this show, which is why I've been blowing it up so much and, you know, telling everybody to watch it because I'm like, yeah. there's it's a Star Wars thing, which by all token, I should fucking hate because I have not liked <laughs> anything they've done in decades. But uh, I'm just like watching this show. I mean, like, oh, yeah, I remember why I liked those movies. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So. My only other thing is like, it's not necessarily a gripe, but it's a hesitation at this point because like having now be looking back at the season now, having seen all those announcements about the new series, I'm a little bit hesitant with the amount of backdooring they did this season phrasing. Yeah. But like, you know, the fact that they're spinning off an Ahsoka series, a Rangers of the New Republic series and the Book of Boba Fett off of this show. Like there's all this talk now about this being like the marvelization of the Star Wars universe, which has the potential to be great. It yeah. also has the potential to be very bad. So yeah. depending on how those series turn out, there's a strong chance we could look back or there is a chance we could look back on this season of television as where all that bullshit originated or something like that. If yeah. one or more of those series ends up being just fucking trash. Yeah, it's kind so, of like uh, this, like the, this new ver- like the Disney version of Star Wars Iron Man two moment, where they just like, here's this movie that a lot of people are going to shit on because it spends the most of the movie's runtime setting up stuff that's going to yeah. come in the next like four movies or whatever. So I like Iron Man two. It is one of the weaker Marvel movies. Absolutely, I don't think this like this never feels like it's. It doesn't feel like the backdooring is is gratuitous here. Yeah. It works. It works within the context of the season. I'm just concerned that 
in hindsight, if any of those series end up being hot fucking messes that, yeah. you know, this is where they came from. And when we, if we go back and rewatch season two of the Mandalorian, we'll kind of be, we might have trouble divorcing it from, you know, this is all fucking speaking of hypotheticals, but you know, from whatever it, what, whatever it spins off. Yeah. Well, I can still watch daredevil and enjoy it, <laughs> even though I know what happened with iron fist. So like <laughs> fair, there. I mean, it, it also like it's one of those like, do you watch them all or do you pick which ones you watch? Right. Like for me, yeah. like I remember, I think I said on the episode when we did like we ran down all 50 fucking shows that Disney Plus is going to have that it would probably be more like there's going to be a couple that are definitely like, I'll wait till Tim tells me kind of thing to watch <laughs> yeah. it. And then a lot of it's just going to be like, who's running the show? Like, is it Filoni or any of the people who ran this show? Then I'm probably going to take a look at it kind of thing and hope that it turns out as well as I hope all this stuff does or it turns out even like if all of this stuff is half as good as Mandalorian it'll be worth watching probably kind of thing so it looks like they're going to spend a bunch of money and I'm all for like Ahsoka Tano like like having a Jedi show that's not like a Skywalker let's go follow one of these other guys around and see like her hack up a bunch of motherfuckers because she's badass and I'll look at Rosario Dawson even in orange face paint all day (laughs) So either way, well, so looking forward, what are your what do you want to get out of Mandalore in season three now that Grogu is kind of out of the picture for the foreseeable future? I guess if we're going to go do I wouldn't mind them like fleshing out the Mandalorians at this point. Like it feels like that's kind of the direction we're going in, like where he's got the dark saber. Like maybe we're going to go see Mandalore, maybe flesh that lore out a little bit more. I think that's kind of what I would like to see at this point. More scumbag fucking like bounty hunter horseshit would also be like, I just want to see because it's star Wars. Right. And that's what I've been saying the entire time we've been doing this podcast. And I've been saying since 1990 fucking nine or whatever, whenever episode one came out, just show me the dirty side of this world. I don't care about the big politics stuff all the time. I love this show because it's <laughs> just like, you don't like trade disputes. Yeah. Trade. Fuck. See, exactly. Right. <laughs> like this. Fuck. I love this. This just like random Mandalorian scumbag bounty hunter. And his like random scumbag friends just doing scumbaggy things in this scumbag universe. I'm like, yeah, that's all I want from Star Wars because that's your universe is cool just to kind of inhabit. Let me just go. And that's probably my biggest like, what did I like about this? You get to just fucking soak in the weird wild world (laughs) side of Star Wars, right? Where you're just like out in the fucking boons dealing with these weird dragons and like Din can talk to the sand people and like who the fuck talks to sand people and why would you learn how to talk to sand people (laughs) but like he knows how to do it because he's a weird fucking star wars character that lives on the fringes that's the world that i wanted to see and here we are getting to see it so like that's my final thoughts really is like nine out of ten basically go watch the mandalorian it's the scummy side of star wars that we've always kind of (laughs) wanted and it's it's here it's right there and you get to watch you know pedro pascal take his mask off a lot (laughs) <laughs> I guess pretty much. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. I want to see a lot more kind of of Mandalorian society. I think it would be really cool if season three was kind of about retaking Mandalore. Yeah, sure. And like and Mando Din, Din being like an unlikely reluctant leader of the Mandalorian since he has a dark saber right now. They didn't announce a Bo-Katan show, right? So like, no, no. So like that clearly the, those two characters are probably going to show back up. In yeah. Mandalorian season three. So we're going to get more Bo-Katan and I'm just going to call her Sasha Banks. I love you, Sasha, <laughs> just so we're clear, but like Sasha Banks, more Sasha Banks. Cosca Reeves. Sure. And then I also, I missed 
the armor character in this series from the Cobra. Yeah. She was one of my favorite parts of the first season. And uh, I hope that kind of part of season three will be about Mando, you know, finding and reuniting with what's left of the covert as well. Yeah, I'd like to see some stuff about like, I mean, if we're going to go deal with Mandalorian stuff, like I want to know about this sect that he's part of. Like, I want to know about that bifurcation yeah. of the like the way, I guess, without a better way of putting it. So, yeah. but I mean, my fa- final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, this is like the best extended fetch quest that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but so like, I'm also like nine out of 10, but that's basically what it is, right? Is like fucking like Din just keeps getting sent off to different places the whole fucking season. He's like, he, he, there's like three or four, like you, the princess is in another castle fucking moments in this season. Well, it's very much like a manga, right? Like this is like a, a manga or a comic book storytelling thing where like everything's kind of third, second act or whatever. But like yeah. it's the, the Gaiden of a manga where it's like the side story like the main story of this yeah. shit's like the side the skywalkers right like yeah. we've did we, and we've done that we did nine movies of it i swear to god there's only three good ones out of the fucking nine but either way <laughs> revenge of the sith isn't terrible i guess but like that kind of just makes up for like how mediocre jedi is basically also so like yeah. i don't know it's it's a mess <laughs> There's another meme that's been going around right now about like how the Mandalorian is like basically just about Din like refusing to engage with the main yeah. plot. Like yeah. it's just like continually like almost getting like tangentially related to the big things that are going on in the fucking in this galaxy. And he's just like, nah, fuck this. I got this little baby I gotta get to his parents or whatever, right? Like gotta get to his family. Yeah. See, like I think that's why I like Din so much because like I love a taciturn lead. Like I relate to Din a lot because it just feels like he doesn't want to deal with any of this shit. It's like I got my own <laughs> shit. Leave to me deal the with. fuck alone. Would I you got please this leave kid me to the take fuck alone. Of. I gotta take care of this kid. <laughs> I don't. What is a Jedi? Eat shit, Jedi. I don't know yeah. what that is. Fuck off. Like, I better. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> who care? Imps, Imperials. What? Who cares? Like fuck off, Jedi. I gotta fucking clean up this blue puke in my fucking yeah, this, cockpit. This baby puke, fucking blue macaroon <laughs> all over the place, and I'm angry about it. You know what I mean? Uh, so like I don't know I just yeah it's it's totally like a side story and that's the, exactly what I wanted it to be it was just like we don't need to, like yeah sure we can touch some of the main Star Wars plot points in here and there and we're gonna obviously expand the world and you're gonna it makes it feel a little small sometimes but like overall I just like you know Lone Wolf and Cub in the fucking Star Wars universe I guess that's basically what we're getting and that's what I want this show to continue to be so more yeah. of this, please. That's kind of the end of my thoughts on The Mandalorian <laughs> Season 2. We went on for... How the fuck did we go on for two hours about this shit? God damn it. No more Star Wars episodes. It's so good. Yeah, true. All right. Let's move on to Geek Cred so we can get this fucking episode out under two hours. <laughs> my Geek Cred for this week is going to go to... I finally started watching Harley Quinn. About halfway the oh, animated nice. uh, Harley Quinn series. I'm about halfway through the first season, and it definitely took some adjustment. It definitely yeah. took some adjustment, but once I got adjusted to it, I'm definitely having fun with it. It's super fucking tongue in cheek and irreverent, and I so much cursing that you know I should be fucking fine with given this podcast. But yeah. it just it was jarring at first, and and once I got past that. And that's what I said, I think, when uh, I watched it initially, when I watched, like, way back in the day, I watched that first episode, and I was like, oh, I don't like that they're all swearing like this. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, this is not the way this character (laughs) is supposed to be. Once you get over that hump, it's, like, arguably the best 
animated series they've done since the animated series basically you know what i mean like it just feels it's, it's real solid it feels it's, really yeah, good like it's a good little world so and i love like i didn't think i would like uh kaylee cuoco as harley quinn but like yeah she does a good job give her a tv show it's a live action harley quinn because she looks the part yeah. already let's do tv harley quinn too if margot robbie's only gonna do movies let's get kaylee cuoco to come in and do some extra shit because she kills it on the animated series got to be better than the fucking terrible Harley Quinn they did in the final series of season of Gotham which I'm like I started watching and like halfway through I was like I can't fucking do this wow like, I, I need to get through it I need well I'm going to get through it I just I I just I got through like six or seven episodes out of like 10 I was like I was so close and I was just like no yeah. I can't fucking do this fair enough I mean <laughs> I, that's how I felt after three episodes of that show in the first season so <laughs> fair enough what were we just talking about? Oh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn. good. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm glad you fucking finally started watching it. Jesus, we've been telling you to watch it for like a year now. <laughs> I know. I know. Still now that like we're on like we're on like mid season breaks with everything right now, yeah, so true. I was looking for something new to start, and so that was it. Well, then you can also do my geek cred for this week, which was definitely Letterkenny season nine. A nice yeah. return to form season seven episodes. We got an extra episode. Like it's like they're giving us the holiday episode early that's or something like that. Season. As part of the season, yeah, like everybody comes back. Everybody's fucking funny. There's a couple. It's Letter Kenny, so there's a couple bits that were like, if the the initial joke doesn't land, you're stuck in that joke for ten minutes, basically. Oh no. <laughs> there's a couple of those where I was like, all right, that's like this one. all latter day comedies, though, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, and if you so you're not in on the, like you're not in on that particular kind of gag. It's one of those ones where they're like doing like a reference and then like subtly changing it each time, and I'm like, all right, mm. we do this fucking every year. I get it. Yeah. Um, but like the rest of the stuff, like character work felt good. It feels like they're actually growing the show still. It's not like it hasn't completely just like flanderized itself. But like I. I love those characters. I just like that show a lot, obviously. So, yeah, Letterkenny Season 9 for this week. Go check that out. And like, if you haven't watched Letterkenny, for the love of God, just get on that shit. Get her done, as they would say, because it's done. fantastic. Get her patter. Let's get at her. Exactly. All right, we done? We good? Can we get the fuck yeah. out of here now? Two okay. hours of Star Wars horse shit again? <laughs> Jesus, every time. All right, hey, everybody. You're, you're just mad that, th- that this is the best fucking star shit on TV right now. Yeah, trust me. There, I, I had written something initially that, like, I'm very angry right now that out of the two big star franchises, The Expanse is the best show on TV. Wait, yeah, that's not... <laughs> no, like Mandalorian. I'm like, well, I, I have to eat a bunch of crows, basically, what it is. So I've been shitting on Star Wars for like two decades, and now they've put out one show, and it's it's it's, it's Favreau, right? Like, Favreau just crushes it, and like, I don't think we can say and that Filoni. enough. I mean, Favreau and Filoni together as a com- as a combined team, just like seem to understand Star Wars and how to like make Star Wars watchable. Yeah, that's basically it. they make Star Wars watchable <laughs> again for the first time in a couple decades for me. So like, yeah, I'm on board. But either way, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been episode 231 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcatching app, the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about what we talked about this week, I know a lot of our regular listeners always get surprised when I give a glowing review to something. So like, here's another one, kids. <laughs> I really like Mandalorian. It was a lot of fun. Uh, when we review Wonder controversial Woman, opinion you yeah, have it's there, a super Mark. controversial opinion I have. <laughs> so when we review Wonder Woman eighty four and I go fucking hog wild on it, then you'll uh, you we'll be back to normal, back I guess. To form. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you can do that on uh, Facebook, Facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. We're on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, I'm Mark. You can follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette, or by a print, blackrangallery.com. Commissions are also open, always open. I will take your money to draw shit for you. I love drawing <laughs> shit. DM me for details. But I've been here with Tim, my Star Wars loving partner in crime. Patu! Everybody makes that noise. Like that noise <laughs> reoccurs. And I heard Baby Yoda make that noise, and I was like, huh, that must be like droid hello, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. This is the way, everybody. This is the way. And to this day, I don't understand why the Empire like just continues to build control panels on the back of instruments with no fucking guard rails and narrow walkways over pits of lava. Jesus Christ. Dude, they have like open bays in their starships. What a like, fucking safety nightmare of the Empire. Like, could you imagine <laughs> like an OSHA compliancy? Like <laughs> person going into an imperial oh that's somebody needs to make that fucking web series oh that needs to be a God. web series is osha inspects the death star you know what taika's already working on his star wars movie <laughs> that's that's probably what it is it is it's it's osha compliance <laughs> in the star wars universe like post post empire post emperor OSHA compliance, like the Empire, or like the first na- the first order is taking over, and they're like they're sending their OSHA guy in, and he's yeah. just like it's a nightmare. Every star destroyer is a nightmare. <laughs> like, it's like no <laughs> he's talking to Emperor Emperor Palpatine. Like, why did you build your fucking like chamber like with a direct line to an uncontrolled like reactor? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot like, of questions about the construction of that second Death Star that I have. In retrospect, it's like, why does he have access to open conduits that are like, and I don't know what kind of, I'm assuming some kind of fusion core down there. Like, you don't want to be exposed to that kind of radiation that's just going to be floating around in that (laughs) space. I mean, I guess he's like force impervious to it, but like, but still kind of suck. I don't think the force makes you impervious to radiation. I don't know. Force does a lot of shit. (laughs) Anyways. Either way. Let's get out of here. (laughs) I'm going to stop the recording now. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs)